Salazar. We meet again. You son of a bitch. You killed my wife. Get ready to meet your maker, Salazar. That's right, you no good panty sniffer. How does it feel to have no flesh? To have nothing that you can touch and feel because you're made of bone. You have no eyes, you have no skin, you have no teeth. Fuck you. Burn in hell, Jack Skellington, you soulless, coward piece of shit. You're an embarrassment to Christmas. Fuck you. Just saying, if your favorite Christmas movie is The Nightmare Before Christmas, I don't like you. But we can move forward if you just listen to this brief PSA. Hello, my name is Travis Lebrecht, and I am the sitting chairman of DonateNow.org. Every time you donate $100, it goes to help me. I need your money. We need you to give me more money. I have gas to buy, and I don't like spending the money I allocate for fun on gas. So please, change a life. Donate today. You are no longer allowed to eat cheese. Cheese is bad. Cheese is bad. Cheese is bad. Any citizens caught with cheese will be cheesed in the public square. Cheese is bad. You are no longer allowed to eat cheese. <laughs> Did you hear? Did you hear what? We can't eat cheese anymore. They can't, they can't stop taking things away from us. <laughs> I, I just got some fresh grated Gruyere. <laughs> and I was, I was, <sighs> I was really excited to eat it. But now they're saying if they can detect cheese in my system, <laughs> with a blood test. 
I will be persecuted. <laughs> if the cheese is, is no longer than, than 48 hours old, I'll be gone. I'll, I'll be dead before the morning. Please, stand with me. And please fight against our cheesy oppressors. They're taking all of our cheese. You know that's what's happening. They're taking all of our cheese for themselves. And they're bathing in it. They have swimming pools filled with nacho cheese. And cold plunges filled with cubes of Colby. Fight for your freedom. Six months later. Lab Fresh Biocultured Synthesized Armenian Cheese Type Product Number 4 is your answer to the missing piece in your sandwich, your lasagna, and more. With Lab Fresh Synthesized Armenian Cheese Type Product Number 4, you can say goodbye to boring. Put it on tacos, salads, and pizzas for a zesty kick. It is made with only the finest naturally processed seed and vegetable byproduct. One slice of our classic Havarti contains almost 3,000 ears of corn worth of nutrient-dense, heat, and chemically expelled byproduct that is a viscous liquid some used to call oil. Find us online at worldwithoutcheese.com or in your local Amazon shopping center. And don't forget, if the government finds anything but our fresh biocultured Armenian cheese type product number four in your pantry, kiss your family goodbye. Kiss your family goodbye. <laughs> Moral of the story is don't eat cheese. Don't eat cheese, don't eat cheese, cheese is bad. Hey, what's up guys? Hope y'all are doing great and living the dream. Had a good Thanksgiving. Um, I got episode 25 served up here for ya. Comes with a little extra something special too. I had an audio file that I worked on for quite a while and it was like this kind of audio design, flowy, weird trippy, scene-shifting, ASMR-type deal. I didn't know what to do with it, so I threw it on the end of this episode. So, after the conversation, stick around, and there's some extra fun stuff at the back end. <laughs> it's also ends. There's also like a cover of Season of the Witch by my good friends Spooky J and the Skeletones. But all that aside, we have a very fun conversation for you first. Today, my guest is a gentleman by the name of Kyle Kelly. Kyle's a Michigander just like me, an up-and-coming comedian down here in Austin, a father, and a hunter. He's a good dude, and sharing philosophies with him was a real good time. I hope you all enjoy it. I hope you think so, too. Uh, Without any further ado, enjoy the episode. All right, Kyle Kelly, how you doing, bud? Chilling, dude. Thanks for having me. Fuck yeah, it's good to have you here. I uh, I love the amount of Michigan stuff in this room. Like, my girlfriend is not from Michigan, and she makes fun of me. I think I told you this. She makes yeah. fun of me all the time because I'll, we'll be watching something, mm-hmm. and like it could be the most obscure, like 
Mark Harmon on NCIS. I'd be like, he's from Michigan. Yeah, hell yeah, dude. <laughs> she's like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Christy does the same thing. And my girlfriend, she gets, she says, uh, but she'll go like, you know how you can tell somebody's from a shitty state is they don't <laughs> stop talking about that state. But is it really a shitty state? Then? No, Maybe dude. That's the thing. I, I, I'm obsessed with Michigan, especially after moving here and living here for a couple. Like I'm going on my second year now. It's like. I love Michigan. My appreciation has grown for that state. Yeah, well, it's like um, I, I, I would not want to live there like um, now, but I think it's a, an amazing state to be born in and raised yeah. in. Yeah. And then like Texas is a logical sequitur to mm-hmm. like Michigan to Texas. That's like a yeah. pretty good jump. Like because people in Texas, like I went from Michigan to L.A. Mm-hmm. and – Nobody in LA knows the head nod. You know how you see another dude and you just yeah. dip yeah. your head. How you doing? Yeah, how's it going? Yeah. Nobody knows that there. Weird. It's and I was like, what? I I just like look like a fucking idiot. Yeah, running and people going, oh, yeah, oh, <laughs> oh, sorry, yep. oh. But uh, it's like uh, here, everybody does that. Yeah, everybody's normal here. LA's weird. LA's very weird. LA. Christy told me when because uh, she's from L- well, she's not from LA. She's from Southern California. She told me. Uh, when I was there, she's like, you got to be meaner to people. <laughs> you do, dude. It, she's like, Don't, they won't respect you. Stop being so nice. <laughs> it's like bizarre. It's very weird. It's yeah. like, um, I don't know, dude. LA is like different though than I think like Encinitas or San Diego or like Joshua Tree or like, yeah. um, but if you're in like LA proper or Malibu or like the Palisades or something or Santa Monica, mm-hmm. you got to be like simultaneously mean to people and woke. Yeah, and like they don't work. Those things don't work together. It is but that's bizarre. Where you have to be. It's like socially, you uh, you have an attitude, like a fuck you kind of attitude, but yeah. your political views are very, uh, I don't know, with the times. Yeah, you you can virtue signal that you care about. Yeah, but then things, if somebody but then holds, traffic, but then like, yeah, don't hold the door open for people, and don't be nice to your servers. Yeah, dude, yeah. that that's so funny that you say that because like uh. I got into this like argument with somebody, I think during the pandemic or something when I still live in LA and they were like talking about being a better person. I was like, I'm sorry, do you, when's the last time you held the door open for somebody? Mm. And they're like, Oh, I don't know. And I was like, okay, when's the last time that you, um, spoke to your cashier? Like actually like, Hey, how are you doing? Mm-hmm. What's up? Cause like if, if you do those two things, you like it reverberates out yeah. through society. But if you don't do those things, or if you ever like are in line at the store and you come up on a cashier, you can tell if people have been nice to them or like yeah how their day them. is going. Yeah, and yeah. if you just say hey how's it going, you can like it, it like opens up their whole day. Yeah. It, it, what was the argument about? The person was just telling you to be a better person. No, it was just like um, they were kind of bitching about the state of the world, and it was like um, it was like kind of a multifaceted argument about like how people are always on their phones and then there's yeah. like um this is like right after george floyd happened and then there was like um a bunch of riots in la and then mm. um and protests and whatnot and then so it was like police brutality and then like gun violence and then mental health and then it's just like i i feel like i can always tell if i'm talking to somebody who's from a city or from the country yeah because people from the country have a way even if their political views are weird um, or like maybe two one way or the other, 
they always have a way of treating people with respect when they're in person, like, yeah. like they're in a hardware store or something. Yeah, you wouldn't say you you wouldn't ever act that vapid, intense way that some people from a city behave. Well, I, I don't see I even like here and stuff. I don't see that uh, in person. It's just it's all online. I, I've never lived in L.A. I've been to L.A. one time. But is mm. that what it's like? People act like that in public. Uh, yeah, a little bit, man. It, I I think it depends. Also, like I think white people have more of a propensity to act that way. Um, yeah, I've noticed. Um, and for anybody listening, I'm white, so I can say that. <laughs> but uh, I've also noticed that. Um, and I don't know how you grew up, but like I grew up where if I stepped out of line, I'd get my ass beat. Yeah. And it really only happened two times and I really stepped out of line. And every other time I, I pulled myself back in line. Yeah. My parents just kind of gave, there was no, they never, I remember the last time I got a spanking. It was like, I laughed at my mom and then left. <laughs> that wasn't good. But like my parents just like, there was just like this, this sense, this like, you don't fuck around. Like don't fuck yeah. around. If they say don't run around, like you, we would go to this like hall every now and then after uh, church and like I'd want to run around with all the other kids that are just like you know screaming and running and stuff, but my parents wouldn't let me, and I didn't I didn't challenge it. I listened to my parents. Yeah, you, yeah. you understand. There's like a respect, dude. Yeah. like a like a, a fair respect too, yeah. because like there are people who understand the bigger picture mm -hmm. more than you do. Mm -hmm. Like I had that with my son today. I was I was on two calls, and um, I was on a call, got off, and got onto another call, and. I'm trying to like help somebody through a problem and my son is just like this, 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 this. Cause that's one of the only words he knows. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, dude, <laughs> any other person in the world that would do this, I would beat your ass. Like yeah, shut up. Yeah. Shut the fuck up. But it, he's 16 months old. So I'm, I like, you can't do that. He, I, can't. I'm not, I can't do that. This serves no, no purpose. It doesn't teach. He him doesn't anything. know anything. Yeah. And he doesn't yeah. understand the concept of work versus play or yeah. adult versus child. So I'm like, Come here, bud. <laughs> Sit on my lap. Hang out. Be quiet. Like, yeah. be quiet while I'm working or something. Uh, I had a, uh, I had a patient, and their family member was in the room, and they had a little baby that was just like barely able to walk. First thing, they didn't have the baby was wearing, was barefoot, so it's on this hospital floor, just barefoot walking around, and I kind of like. I don't want to be rude, but I said, yeah, make sure you wash your feet when she, when you get home, because these floors are absolutely disgusting. Just as a hint, yeah. don't let her walk around like that. And then it's like a, it's literally a baby that can't, she can't talk. She's learning how to walk. Mm -hmm. And the mom was sitting on the bench, just going like, come here, come over here, come here. Just like <laughs> commanding this baby that doesn't even know what its own two hands are. Yeah, it doesn't know what come here means. No, exactly. <laughs> Just like, it's so crazy to see that kind of, so like you're conscious, you understand that, but then there's these, there's people that just don't, that don't behave that way, that don't understand um, one, raising a child or two, just like how to communicate with respect or how to, you know, communicate properly. Yeah, it's it's so weird to me, man. I think that there's like a lot of that, and and to go like go back to like the LA issue, mm -hmm. which I think is ultimately maybe maybe like a negative product of um, parenting in in the sense of like I'm trying to tie two things in my brain together. It's like um, a lot of parents, especially in LA, because it's so hard to just live in LA yeah. like 
when I first moved there, I was working three different jobs and barely had any money and barely any time. Mm. And um, throw a kid on top of that, like, I'd be a shitty parent. Yeah. I'd be super shitty. Just So then, like, they either, like, get childcare or have, like, a nanny or, or – and then they're they're distant. So they're, like, not having these m- tough moments that each can learn from. Mm-hmm. They're having these, like, tough moments that just – they fuck up. Yeah. Or they're, they're just, come here, like how you're just saying, come here. Yeah. Because they're just like strong arming their way through. Yeah, they don't understand what they're doing. They're they're distracted. They're they're in their own personal distress. Yeah, and then you have end up like raising a shithead because mm-hmm. like they're just doing the same thing that you were doing. Yeah. Like. Well, yeah, exactly. If you want, if you want your kid to do anything, you just do that in front of them and mm-hmm. it goes like the negative way. So if you, if you just do those things in front of your kid, that's what they're going to become. Yeah, exactly. And it's like a it's kind of a wild thing, I guess, to think about. Yeah. At least for me, cuz like I'm I'm literally with my kid like all day every it day. It must but. be it must be crazy being seeing the mind mold over that amount like the early stages of development in life. Yeah, dude, it's like it's one thing I find really fascinating about it is uh when little preferences start to creep out Mm -hmm. like uh my son really likes pistachios so if there's a bag of pistachios around Mm -hmm. you're not getting anything done until he has pistachios because he's like this 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 or or he'll go "Mm, mm, mm." that's so funny he loves pistachios so then he'll like always be with pistachios and then um or like i keep a bag on my desk because he's with me while i'm working or um one one of the most impressive things was <laughs> like he's just over here just <laughs> eating pistachios yeah, chilling, he's dude. got great taste pistachios are delicious yeah dude it, he's like he eats all healthy food yeah. just because we eat healthy food but yeah. um another thing that he does is uh he has an entire map of our apartment in his head he knows yeah. where things are at interesting and he, he's like i'm very directionally sound um so maybe he gets it from that but like in any room of the house i could set him down mm-hmm. and he can go find what he wants in the house whether it's his toys his food because we have a little shelf for him that he can reach yeah um or his mom or me or um his clothes or wow like, little independent dude yeah dude for real and he, he will like not let you corral him really interesting so does he how how mobile is he very mobile he can't well he is capable of walking. He's just super cautious. Mm-hmm. So like he, he can take steps or he can like hold my finger and walk all around and he could walk like around our apartment complex if yeah. he wanted to. Um, but he is an exceptional crawler. Interesting. Like, this little dude sprint crawls. <laughs> He'll literally tuck his head and just go, ah, 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 and like go all around our house. Just like crawling. It's so impressive. That must be just I've seen, you know, family members, kids and friends, kids and stuff, you know, take, you know, you see them like when they're born and then you see them six months later and whatnot to see it play out day to day. I can only begin (laughs) to imagine the absolute trip that that is or must be so wild, dude. Yeah. And that's that's like a little piece of you. That's like that's your DNA mixed with your partner's DNA. Ah, what's like the, what, what is like the, what have you learned so far? Um, I've learned, I operate basically on two principles as a parent is one, 
pay attention. I noticed you have an Eckhart Tolle book over here. Mm -hmm. Um, He says this thing where if you're present, um, you're informed by the intelligence of life itself. Hell yeah. So be present is number one. And then two, um, I learned this from Shafali Sabri, who also likes Eckhart Tolle. Mm -hmm. Um, In her book, I think it's called The Conscious Parent, this says um, be what the kid needs you to be don't make the kid be what you need them to be. Wow, that's beautiful. And, and yeah. it, I align myself on those two principles. If I'm ever stressed out or mm-hmm. I feel like his progression as a human being is stunted or yeah. like if he and I are not clicking, um, I always go back to those two things. Very cool. And then from there, something I've learned is like, um, I kind of hate this quote, but it it works, is like everything happens for a reason. Mm-hmm. Like he was not, he was not planned, but like yeah. as, as soon as I figured out that my girl was pregnant, I was like, fuck yeah, dude, like let's go. And then we've yeah. just been kind of pumped ever since. And exciting. We'll like, my girl will get, she worries more than I do, but like, uh, she'll be like, Oh, he, he's not saying mama yet. Yeah. And then he'll just randomly start saying mama or he's not walking yet. And then he'll randomly just take a few steps when you're not looking mm-hmm. and you like glance over and he's walking across the room or something. Yeah. It's like, Babies are so much on their own time mm-hmm. because they can't help but be that way. Yeah. Like they can't learn on your time because mm-hmm. they're not the same thing. They're no, like, and they're not. It, you read in a textbook, like this age to this age is where they begin this development, but it's a spectrum. You yeah. can't, not everybody's cut and dry. It's not cookie cutter. It's a human being that you just grew. Yeah. And they're, they're totally on their own time, which then like leads me to this next thing is like so many people compare one kid to another kid Mm -hmm. and they seem fine about it but if you talk about adults we um especially with social media everyone's like stop the comparison bias or stop comparison it's or comparing it's it's almost always negative yeah but people are like oh like we have a group of friends like we had our kid and then three other couples friends of ours had kids oh like, perfect all within like 10 months yeah that's and perfect like the women are always like oh he's got so much hair mine yeah. doesn't or uh, yeah. mine has a full mouth of teeth yours doesn't and it's yeah. like stop yeah just, or like he's stop. already saying this if people get uh, really excited like people are always talking about how smart their baby is you know like he's a genius already he's already yeah. talking <laughs> it's just, fuck up. It's just <laughs> i can't stand that dude i also like Here's another thing I've learned is like uh, moms, if you get moms together, they'll mm-hmm. never shut up. If you get dads together, all mm-hmm. they do is nod. Yeah, you just yeah. want to be quiet. Yeah, <laughs> just shh. You know, to, like, let's just be peaceful or something. Like, just, yeah. Or just like, uh, also, it's usually always the women connecting a group of people. Mm-hmm. It's usually not two dads are like, hey, we should get our families together. Yeah. Like, well, once we you have operate. a kid, it's like, it seems you need friends with kids because mm-hmm. your friends that don't have kids want to do different things that you're not really capable of doing. You know, yeah, your whole weird. outside life seem it, it seemingly change, changes, you know? Yeah, I think you got to find a balance with that though because like most other parents annoy me in some other way because yeah. like, Either they're always talking about their kid or they're like too polite. It's like bonding over something that you share, like a a child isn't necessarily the same as like you and I are both comics. Yeah. And we both have like a dark sense of humor, Mm. which is 
a pretty deep connector of yeah. people. Um, and personally, I find that it's like, uh, I enjoy bridging the gap that way than like, hey, we both have kids. We should hang yeah, out. Yeah, you want to, it's like we both have kids. That's not enough. Yeah, That's not enough. You need up. like personality <laughs> traits that you share, hobbies that you share. I think it's sad when it seems like people have children in their life. Uh, they don't pursue any hobbies anymore. They don't do anything other than work and then provide for their kid. You need to provide for your kid, but you also need to like stay active and do stuff and adventure still, you know? Yeah, it doesn't make any sense to me, man, because like that almost seems backwards mm-hmm. in the sense of like um i i like amped up my focus on my hobbies mm-hmm. and like my side career goals yeah when he was born because i was yeah. like how can i tell him to chase any of his dreams if i'm not doing it yeah like yeah I'm like you want to set a paycheck. good example you want to be a good example for your kid yeah you don't want to be stagnant you know you're you're interested in growing it seems like try yeah exactly and you're not a finished product you got to keep going and having a kid just makes it so now you have like all the more reason to do those things like now you have a really great reason this isn't just selfishness this is you becoming the best version of yourself so then you can be the best version of a parent for your child yeah and that's how the perspective yeah if you're not happy because you're not chasing the things that make you happy Mm mm-hmm then they're going to not, they're going to end up not being happy because they're not doing the same thing. Yeah. Like they're just going to put all their goals to the side or all their dreams to the side to go cash a paycheck. Isn't it interesting? I wonder what your son's goals and dreams and wants are going to be. Oh man. I don't know. We, we sort of like, uh, theorize on it. Yeah. But I don't know, man, my girl thinks he's going to be a rock climber. (laughs) That's random. He's like, he's always climbing (laughs) shit, but yeah. Um, that's funny. I don't know. He has a good sense of humor too. He has really good com- uh, comedic timing. Yeah. He likes to play peekaboo, uh-huh. and he he'll like crawl into one of the cupboards that we haven't locked because there's nothing in there, so it's yeah. like a a dummy cupboard, so yeah. he doesn't like go after the dangerous ones. And uh, he'll go in there and get all the way in the cupboard. Yeah. And close the door, and we'll be like, "Oh no, where's Mikayo at?" And yeah. then he'll pop out and be like, "Rah!" <laughs> And he's got good timing with it. Yeah, dude, he's got really good timing. That'd be funny if he becomes a comic. Yeah, he might. I mean, we watch a lot of stand-up together, he and I. Hey, there you go. Just do the things that you want your kid to do (laughs) in front of them, and they'll do it naturally. You don't have to force them. I've watched – I would never want to be one of those parents um, that, like, like, my kid's going to be – I'm going to make them a professional baseball player and then just putting them in camps and doing all that thing. Kids are going to smother you as soon as you get home. (laughs) Exactly. I had a friend that uh, his dad was like that, and he was – this kid was so good at baseball. He was good. and But by the time, you know, you get middle high school, you're burnt the fuck out because you've been going to camps and travel leagues year-round for, you know, the last – 12 15 years you're over it you just gotta let kids do what they want to do but then again you can't let your kid be stagnant either you don't want them don't want to encourage mediocrity yeah i think one thing my girl and i talk about is like observe who the kid is naturally yeah pick up on the things that they like or Mm -hmm. whatever and just push them to be a little bit bigger in Mm -hmm. that oh that's cool pursue that just a little bit more or like Make them be a little bit more disciplined or um, don't be obsessive about it. But if your kid is like, oh, I want to do ballet, 
yeah. put them in ballet lessons for sure watch ballet with them take mm-hmm. them to a ballet um stuff like that just like help them to expand their um expand themselves i guess mm-hmm. just a little bit more and do you a little feel bit more and a little bit more do you feel like your kid has their own person his own personality like for out of sure the- dude he's <laughs> he's funny. like he's he has a very defined personality yeah and he, he has like kind of since day one really weird because yeah, a weird. lot of times like you think about a kid and it's like oh i you shape them you know and, and you do but i hear a lot of time from parents like out of the box they're 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 them you know like they yeah. are their own thing i think it goes by like or doesn't go by this but um there's like a there's a philosophy of life and souls and whatnot um, where there's this like afterlife, but it's not really like an afterlife. It's like kind of this in between lives mm-hmm. sort of realm. This is how I sort of think about it. And like um, the souls when they're not in a body are living in this realm. Mm-hmm. And then a child chooses two parents comes into the world through them and that soul is now into a new vessel so that soul is coming in already like um with its own experiences and it's it is its own soul yeah and then they're born and that's kind of like that out of the box personality thing Mm -hmm. and then sort of that other realm is uh not not really present in their brain i guess like and you can tap into other realms like if you do psychedelics or something like that but just in like conscious waking life um that sort of soul in the other realm isn't really present mm. so then that soul is going through like a new nature versus nurture experience yeah or nature and nurture experience if you will um and then they start to like have their experiences and then their subconscious is like constantly weaving them in and out of like um impulses and experiences and you know whatever like not that it's all predetermined or anything but just like kind of a a guiding force if you will i don't know that's interesting it's like how do yeah i i don't know it's not something that i that like you can ever put a pin in exactly obviously you don't yeah. know but that is an interesting theory you, you know? ever read any of um james redfield's work Mm-mm. he's um he wrote celestine prophecy the 10th insight um the 11th insight and then the 12th insight and then a few other word a few other books mm-hmm. um they're so good dude because uh they go through these sort of like energetic insights of living life and in one of them, I forget which one it is, it might be the 10th, it talks about soul groups and it goes over like the course of human existence mm-hmm. and human history and the things that have happened. And then um, soul groups, that's interesting. As like, they like each period, it's like we're a class, the class of 2023 or whatever. Yeah, sort of. And, and then like um, say people that you meet up with in this life mm-hmm. you and you really resonate with. Um, one of the things that he explores in the book is um, as they elevate their consciousness and their energy, they see that they were all connected in another life yeah. on this same mission. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and you're just, and now you're welcome back. 
What's up, guys? Yeah. Everybody's home. <laughs> What's up, dude? Let's do this. What's up, Kyle? How's it going? <laughs> it's it that um the whole concept of past lives is something that uh, I've been thinking about a lot more lately. Um, just because that is interesting and the awakening process of your own life. Because like I find myself like I go in and out of being like like awake or more awake like there's do you find that in yourself like where like i spend periods of my time where i realize uh something snaps me out of it i'm like ugh, i've been just like in a groove or something. in a yeah i've just been in my groove just doing my thing not really um thinking and feeling myself and then i'll snap out of it and be like oh yeah okay and like like in and out of being awake i guess is the only way that i can describe it yeah I uh I definitely feel that way. Cuz like I'm not fully awoken. I I've met people that are and I'm I'm not there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um do you do any like um ceremonial stuff like uh excuse me. Um do you do like ayahuasca or psilocybin or anything? I've done uh shrooms, I've done acid, um smoke weed. I've never done ayahuasca. I, I've done also, I just started uh, dabbling in uh, like yogic breathing, mm. not uh, like similar to Kundalini, but without the, the yoga, just doing like intense, deep breath work. Right. And um, just transcendent. It, it, yeah. Bizarre. Bizarre. I've had, um, I've done it. I've done it twice now. The first time I had some really like just bizarre experiences with it. Very very felt very good and was uh definitely food for thought because there are a lot of people that think that like um like once you've done the thing with psychedelics like there there's a next step and that next step is doing it without the help of like plant medicine Mm -hmm. doing it in your own mind and that is possible and uh, that's kind of where I'm at right now. Like, that's really interesting to me because that, like, I know that feeling. I've had that feeling outside of like mushrooms. Mm-hmm. And I want to figure out a way, like, I want to like tune in, be able to tune into that on demand. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I do. Um, that's interesting. I, it's like, um, Have a mint. Have a mint. Dude, I, I love these mints. I'll fuck hell yeah. choke on them. Um, Dude, I choked on one of these when I was uh, like 10 years old in my dad's truck. He was inside uh, uh, some hall or something or uh, fucking. He was like signing me up for something. I'm in his truck and I took one of these <laughs> and I started choking and dying. And I saw him like coming as my face was turning blue. Jesus. And he like, I just looked over at him. I was like, like I didn't know what to say. I didn't do the sign for choking or anything. And he pulled me out of the truck and did the Heimlich maneuver on me until Damn. I eventually swallowed it. Damn, dude. So, yeah. I swallowed two of these outside of a pizza when I was like seven. Yeah. I fucking threw up. I, I was like choking. I was like, oh, oh, oh. I threw up. I've but. choked twice in my life, and both times I swallowed it. So, these fucking mints, dude. Um, they're good mints. Uh, going back to your your point or your question is like, um, I think it's really interesting to me that. Um, there are different realms of consciousness. Yeah. And very they're very real also. Yeah. Um, like I've done ayahuasca twice. Whoa. Cool. They 
it is the most honest thing I've ever experienced both times. Yeah. And they were entirely different. Um, I've done acid and shrooms and like microdosed right. and yep. all sorts of shit, like huff paint and fucking whatever. Um, <laughs> huff paint and back Like even being drunk, I think, yeah. is another state of consciousness For sure. that opens up another realm of possibilities. Yeah. Um, and I will say that like lately I've gotten extremely annoyed with people like these spiritual uh, douchebags, I guess. Pseudo-spiritual are, people. Yeah, that are like identifying as spiritual yeah. which is the antithesis to being spiritual mm-hmm. because if you are truly spiritually awakened mm-hmm. you don't identify with anything yeah you just are yeah you yeah. you just are um and then they'll be like well plant medicine does this and you know plant medicine does that and like how yeah. many times have you done ayahuasca or something yeah so i will say like i've kind of turned my turn that volume down or mm-hmm. like turn my interest down in uh plant medicines if you will just because like that has gotten so annoying to me, especially mm-hmm. coming out of LA. Um, well, I can't even imagine what it's like out there. Like people it's, who well, like it's here in Austin now too. Well, like, yeah, Austin is LA junior. Yeah. So it's like, uh, my girl goes to Kuya, which is the, it's, um, right next to on it and 10th planet. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, they have a sauna and a cold plunge. Mm. And if you go in there, everybody is a douche. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's a really great place. Like yeah. the facilities are amazing. But if you're in the sauna, nobody shuts the fuck up mm-hmm. about plant medicine or breath work or yeah. like meditation or whatever. It's like there, there's this really great um, Buddhist book um, by Chagim Trungpa. Chogam Chogam Ron Trump. God damn it! I I can say it in my head. I'm like Chogam Trumpa. Yeah, yeah, Chog- yeah. <laughs> uh, it's the, I don't the sacred path of the yeah. warrior, I think. Yeah. Um, and. Uh, he he Tro- says choke him run trumpache is what i want sorry yeah yeah i'm done no, I, i'm done i think you're right um but uh basically he says like you can approach spirituality with a light touch mm-hmm. meaning you don't have to identify as these things you can go through these experiences yeah. as your soul and not fucking tell everybody about yeah, it. yeah i think people okay so like here's my theory and what happens with that because like i see myself um see this in my versions of it in myself like when i experiencing when i experience something awesome or something cool or i eat a amazing meal at a restaurant or i cook something that i'm just blown away by or i see an awesome movie my impulse is to tell people yeah. it's like i want you to experience the same thing so i think that's probably where a lot of it comes from it's like these people they experience something that just like knocks them on their ass and just blows their mind in changes their life and opens them up to new possibilities and lets them see themselves differently and it becomes all they want to talk about yeah and then it it turns weird because it's like my friend who i did molly with where we're like at this like crazy marshmallow concert tripping and all he's talking about is how good he feels and he's just like he's just like this is crazy like my hands feel so crazy and like I, after a minute or a few minutes of it, I'm just like, bro, just feel it. Yeah. Stop talking about it. And yeah. that's like where those people like need to get, it's just like, stop talking about it. Just be it because like, yeah, keep it for yourself. Like, yeah, you'll never convey what you feel in it, you know? Yeah. And it's like this weird virtue signaling that social media has sort of amplified. Yeah. And it's almost like a, it, it, it's this weird like thing where it takes this beautiful, interesting, like, 
human experience and makes it seem icky. You know? Yeah, icky is the perfect word. Yeah. Um, but all of that aside, mm-hmm. going back to like your original um, sort of topic in question is like um, that stuff is super interesting and getting to a point where you're not so in these broken cycles yeah. of, oh, I'm in a rut and now I feel like myself and now I'm in a rut. Yep. It's like uh, if you, I pay attention to like a lot of high performers like um, Matt Frazier is probably my favorite. He's, mm-hmm. he's my all-time favorite athlete. Um, and, Matt Frazier, Matt Frazier. Uh, five-time, he's the all-time winningest uh, dude in CrossFit history. Okay. And, oh, Matt Frazier. I've heard him on yeah. uh, Joe Rogan. Yeah, he's, he's fucking sick. Yeah. Um, uh, he is like, uh, he has the serenity prayer tattooed on his arm. I love that prayer. It's the greatest. Like he yeah. has it. Um, and I'm not breaking his anonymity, but he's, he's sober. Yeah. Um, and one of the things that they talk about, or basically like the breakdown of the serenity prayer is here are the things I can control. Mm-hmm. Here are the things I cannot control. Mm-hmm. I'm going to focus on the first box. Yeah. And I think with uh, trying to break these cycles of that you've learned, whether like more than likely learned them in your adolescence somewhere, mm-hmm. um, those weren't with you when you entered the world, like in the meat body that you have now. Your soul wasn't carrying those things necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, so like as you get older, you're trying to rip those things off and get back to your pure soul. That's, yeah. that's sort of what I believe. So in the breakdown of those um those broken cycles um and trying to get to a place where there's like a constant or um trying to dive more specifically to what you're saying like uh trying to dive into those other states of consciousness or those elevated states of consciousness without the help of insert drug here yeah um it's like a matter of having that like through line consciousness observer of like, uh, you, and here's how, you know, like what that is, I guess is like, um, when you're in a, a rut, Mm -hmm. um, when you notice that you've been in a rut, that's like the conscious observer and you're like, Oh, I've been in a rut. Wow. I didn't even realize that's like your, your neutralness or whatever Mm -hmm. your, your being, um, and it seems to me in, in breaking my own cycles is like trying to be attached to that more than anything else yep. or not a- attached is kind of like antithetical, but not attached. I know what you're saying. Like sitting connected in that, to, yeah, connected yeah. to sitting in that conscious observer. Mm-hmm. So like, uh, I just did this, like I realized I've been smoking too much weed. So I was like, I'm yeah. just going to take a small break. Yeah. And then. Yesterday I was pissy all day. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, it's good. <laughs> I haven't smoked today. Like, yeah. um, or I know I'm not going to smoke or something. I've had moments like that where I feel um, like I, I, and this is only in the last like year um, I've been able to do this, probably in the last six months where I'll like, I'll feel like kind of twisted up and stressed and anxious. And instead of just like emoting that feeling and just being that, I like I I'm I'm able to take a step back and look at like oh look at I wonder why I feel this way and I'm typically I'm not really able to give myself a great reason you know it's like work stressing me out this or that mm-hmm. you know I'm not like I didn't my routine got thrown off a little bit today but like I'm able to do that like conscious observer 
like yeah. thing and observe like, oh, look at me. I'm feeling this way right now, you right. know, which is really powerful, especially if you're like in an argument or you're 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 dealing with something like highly emotional, like to be able to look like, OK, look at how you feel right now. Stop acting just based on your feelings and behave more mm-hmm. rationally. I think if you can find like what you're saying, if you can find a way to like consistently be that, that's you yeah, know, that's the goal. Yeah. Do you ever try and like tie those things that are pissing you off or bringing you down or you know whatever? Um, do you ever try and tie those things to events that you're conscious of of your childhood? Um, for, like f- for instance, um, I have time issues mm-hmm. where like on time is late yeah i want to be like early and i've had to really like let this go because my girl and my kid are not punctual yeah um and i'll i'll be like okay why do i have such a time thing yeah why are you so obsessed with and it? then i uh i realized like when i was a kid i used to have to um my mom worked at a daycare and it was right down the hill from my elementary school mm-hmm. and Um, so I would go with her, we'd be there in the morning and then I'd walk with all my friends up to school. But commonly I would have to wake her up because like she couldn't fucking hear Mm -hmm. her alarm or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I'd, I'd just be up like six o'clock in the morning or five o'clock in the morning. I'd just be up as like a 10 year old. Wow. I'd go wake her up. Like we gotta go. And it would just infuriate me so much. It's like, I'm not the adult here. (laughs) Yeah. What are you doing? You're making me look bad, mom. yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's like kind of tied back to that. And then I'm like, oh, okay. So then the next time that that thing gets flagged, it's like it, it means less. Yeah. Because I understand what it's coming from. Right. And it, yeah, I, I've noticed that like in arguments um, or I've done similar things. I haven't done a whole lot of work dealing with my childhood much, you know, because like most of my like memories that I have of my childhood are like nostalgic, like like fun memories Mm -hmm. but like i haven't looked at like any of like my you know like my neurotic behavior the you know um self-destructive behavior that i'll like i'll have and i haven't um connected it fully with my childhood i guess you know yeah i do um i take that i feel like i need a therapist (laughs) (laughs) there's this like really great uh get i mean get a therapist they're they're great most of the time um there's a really great exercise that you can do that's like uh write a question on a mm-hmm. piece of paper with your right hand or your dominant hand mm-hmm. and then answer it with your non-dominant hand. Whoa. And it is said to, um, or they use this to sort of connect with your child because your child Weird. is the one writing back. Just, uh, yeah, it's, it looks like a kid. <laughs> if you can read it, I guess. But um, <laughs> yeah. I've done it before. It's, it's pretty helpful, actually. Weird. That's an interesting idea. I'll, I'll definitely give that a, a whirl. I got that from somebody who is in therapy. Um, no, Dude, therapy is amazing. Like yeah. I can't say enough good things. I went to therapy last uh, like six months ago for like a couple weeks, and then my insurance wasn't right. So that shit's <laughs> fucking expensive. I was okay. like, this insurance is, is such a scam, dude. It's dude, insurance pisses me off. It's yeah, fucking same. evil. But anyways, like just like <laughs> within the few weeks that I was doing it, like, and I was being real. Like I was talking about, like I was being completely honest, um, and objective and 
within like within just a few weeks i felt total like i started to feel like the changes by doing the activities that they give you and like mm-hmm. really kind of like going in with it man i can't like i can't wait to do it again you know there's like a, a bunch of really affordable ones on the internet now like I, th- I think some people definitely benefit from being in person yeah um but uh i think online is also probably fine maybe sometimes yeah for i think it is too there's uh what's the one um there's like better health or better health yeah better, I look, help. better better help yeah i looked at that and it was still pretty expensive is it yeah. and then there's like um i'm looking into maybe doing like mdma therapy or psilocybin therapy yeah just because like uh i kind of i tend to go deeper mm-hmm. when there's the help of some like uh I'm not going to say plant medicine because that term it's is such a douchey kind of term. Yeah. Uh, some help of a drug. Yeah. <laughs> if yeah. I smoke weed, my heart is more open. That That's like, kind that's of how... weed. It's like, I'm exposed. Like, yeah, I'm more can't, vulnerable. I can't lie. Like I, if, if I'm smoking weed, like I can't lie to you Yeah. while it, I'm high. And I think that's really undervalued as yeah. a, um, I'll use it now, a plant medicine yeah. <laughs> because it's like, we, everybody knows like, I was the stoner in high school smoking yeah. blunts and going to class. So it's yeah. like, it is also a drug, but there's like, they're tools. And if you use them correctly, yeah. they work correctly. Well, I think, I think weed is a really interesting drug uh, in itself because we all know, <laughs> we all know somebody, or probably a lot of people that used to smoke a lot. Then one day they just stopped smoking. Like you just can't get them. Like they don't want to smoke with you anymore. They, you know, they're, they're eternally a drug test that they're worried about. They're not into it anymore. And I think that that is because of what weed does is pretty unique and how it can get your mind to really expose all of your insecurity it makes you feel it like weed mm-hmm. is unique in its ability to make you feel very very uncomfortable yeah dude it's um i like that me too me too that's that's a lot of the time like i with, with weed like i like to i like to smoke weed stumble around my house for a few hours writing <laughs> figuring things out stretching realizing i have oh my god i haven't stretched this way in a hundred years you know like yeah. i'm you realize like oh my god why have i been washing my armpits like this i brush my teeth better then i'll go to the gym and have like a crazy workout because i'm just so zoned in and also the anxiety that's going through me is like fueling me and making me change myself so mm-hmm. like there's definite benefit there to that feeling. But also if I'm smoking weed a lot, I notice I become less social. Um, I, I become kind of like avoidant of stressful situations. Mm -hmm. I don't, I just, it's like a fine balance, you know? Yeah. You're kind of like working in a higher level of stress. If the more you smoke, I think you're kind of more in a level of stress. So it's like, um, I try and this is how I like keep myself in check, I guess, is like everything in the world is a mm. tool. Yeah. Tools can very easily become crutches. For like, sure. If you really like your hammer, mm-hmm. you know, good experiences with your hammer, yeah. everything becomes a nail. But everything's yep. not a nail. It's yeah. just how, how like you perceive it. So it's like, um, I gotta like keep myself in check in that way. But yeah. It's really interesting. Um and I I wanna go through some sort of therapy like that i also just like 
I feel like I'm already a fucking grandpa, dude. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't like talking to people that much. Like, yeah. if I become friends with somebody or something like this, yeah. I love talking to people. Yeah. But somebody that I don't know yeah. and I'm like paying to help me with something, yeah. I'm like, oh, God damn it. Yeah. I, I, I looked at it as like, there, this is an opportunity to figure out the things about myself that I don't even know bother me. Because mm-hmm. there are things that I do and reactions that I have that I don't like, but I don't understand them. And I will like do mental jujitsu to like avoid it and mm-hmm. not even think about it. And, you know, years have passed and I'm still doing this bullshit and I don't understand why or I still feel this way. It's like this is an opportunity for me to learn how to treat myself better and understand myself better and fix the bullshit that I won't like I'm too much of a pussy to recognize on my own. Yeah. You know, or just incapable of recognizing on my own for whatever reason. Yeah. And also there's like this other component that nobody ever really talks about. I feel like is, um, how men raise other men Mm -hmm. or men interact with other men because it's like, I think that men are actually extremely emotional. Yeah. Um, it's just like, is not advantageous to be emotional with all the shit that men have to do. So yeah. like, shut up. Well, yeah. Being and, a pussy. Like, and it makes you, you know, it, it is, it's uh, being vulnerable is to be weak, which is to be, it's not you know, evolutionary advantageous no, to be vulnerable. No, for a man. No. Like you can't go tell a saber tooth tiger. Like, Hey, I, I'm yeah. kind of feeling so- sad today. Do you, or the do you other, mind if we don't do this? Yeah. Or the other guys in your tribe, like they will fuck your wife. You know, or they, they <laughs> yeah. will steal everything that you have if you're not a brute, you know? Yeah. But then it's like, if you, um, I remember the first time I did ayahuasca, like there's this dude next to me during the ceremony and you're not supposed to talk or interact with other people. Mm-hmm. But like, this was, we were in fucking different realms, dude. Mm-hmm. And I like, I come out of my cocoon and, uh, I see him, he's having this whole experience and he's like, he's like distraught. Um, And I just, we locked eyes for a moment and I put up peace fingers Mm -hmm. to him and then just nodded my head. And then he went his way and I went my way. And afterward we connected and, uh, he's like, dude, thank you so much. Like that that meant so much to me. And, um, he gave me a hug and the whole time I was, uh, like I was really tense and I was trying to hold him up. Mm -hmm. like, Oh, he needs me to hold him up. So I was like, my whole body was rigid and he grabbed my lower back and pulled me into the hug fully and mm-hmm. nobody was holding each other up. We were just there yeah. and like literally our thighs are touching our like fucking dicks are touching our, Gay. our, our <laughs> bellies are touching. Yeah. And it was so, um, uh, healing and comforting Yeah, because we weren't trying to fuck each other. We weren't trying to get <laughs> Duh, like yeah. the one up on each other. It was yeah. like, he was like, this is how brothers used to hug. Yeah. How men used to hug. Yeah. And there's this thing in our society now where it's like any sense of weakness, Mm -hmm. because like every dude that I've ever met hates every other dude until they prove themselves. Mm -hmm. It's weird the way like men interact. I I look at like women who first become friends and it's a different thing. And then when men first like become friends, it's, it's strange. There's like a weird power thing happening. Every best friend that I have, I wanted to beat their ass when I first met them. Yeah, dude, literally me and my best friend, like not cool for like a while before before we like we realized like oh you listen to the same rock and roll radio station i love oh, classic dude, you like rock. brand new sick P- pink floyd shit dude yeah it's like 
Yeah. Do we just become best friends? Literally, literally. But it's so stupid. And it is. But that said, so like there, like simultaneously, there is this weird thing where society is trying. It, it seems like there's a co- like a, a coordinated effort. I don't know if it is, but it seems like there is this push to demasculinize men and like push this idea of like toxic masculinity. Like there is like. There. I think it's coordinated, dude. dude. If, if you look at like, um, so if you look at like welfare in yeah. broken communities, you the mom cannot pull welfare if there's a man in the home. Uh. So the man has to leave the home. And then uh, speaking from my own experience, if I spend a day away from my son, I feel like shit. Mm. And it, it's like heartbreaking. Yeah. So like breaking a man from his home. Yeah. And that's how you demasculize it. Yeah, that's part of it. And then interesting. I haven't heard that, that angle of it. That's interesting. And then there's this whole, I think it's like sort of, uh, created or co-opted by like, you know, we've gone to fucking conspiracy theories of like the 1% or something, but it, if you are a man in power and you Mm want to keep that power, you take everybody else's power away. Well, yeah, you, you want to, you, you want weak men. Exactly. You don't don't want people to compete with you. You know, like from a physical standpoint, most women are not going to beat up most dudes. Yeah. But nowadays movies, more and more movies are showing women doing that. Like, yeah. Or like beta, like Michael Sarah's. Yeah. Everybody's a Michael Sarah. Like I watched an interesting video of this woman analyzing the new Thor movie and she's a, she was, you know, some psychologist of, you know, some crazy pedigree, Harvard, whatever. And she was talking about the Thor of the first movies, the first couple movies where mm-hmm. Thor is the leader of the team. He is he is a god, a literal like demigod. Um, he he is wise. He makes good balanced decisions. He's a real captain, just a leader. And then in this new movie, which I haven't seen, he's, you know, getting ordered around by some woman. He plays a dunce. He's, you know, he's fumbling. He fucking rides his hammer like a broom, just all sorts of shit. And it's this subtle, like, push to masculinize women and then demasculinize men and denormalize, like, men being men. You know, like, making it not okay for a guy to be, like manly and masculine that's interesting i think because like i actually disagree with her because um the the thor through line is extremely interesting if you look at it from a a breakdown of masculinity because in the first movie he is um he's like stripped of his powers Mm -hmm. because he he was like uh how do i explain this like um you ever read king warrior magician lover no it's a Jungian breakdown of archetypes of male psychology there's Mm -hmm. boy psychology and uh man psychology and there's like uh there's the king but then there's the prince and like as boy psychology and then that has two shadows and then king has a few shadows and whatnot but he basically is like a 13 year old prince Mm. in the first one interesting and he gets banished by his father who is the actual king because he's fucking around and he's not like he's not being the man that he's capable of being so he gets banished his powers get stripped and the whole movie he's he's growing it's a coming of age manhood story mm-hmm. and then uh there the middle two thor movies are kind of goofy but um still kind of play along his rise to like his pinnacle of manhood mm-hmm. and then this one it seemed like there was 
uh, the next theme of him understanding how to coexist with women. Yeah. Which is like a, a very viable thing because men and women are the yin and yang. Like, right. It, it's like a, um, we are meant to coexist. Um, but per what she was talking about, like that larger theme is like, historically, if we look at, um, let's say since maybe the, the industrial revolution i don't know exactly what year that was but it was started what by the cotton gin so it'd be 1800s but if we really look at like a, a metropolitanization i guess would be the word um of like people living in cities and like having jobs versus uh r running a ranch mm -hmm. or whatever um but let's like just look at the 50s basically a family would have a dad who's at work all day making all the money for the household and the mom is taking care of all the stuff in the household. Mm -hmm. So it's like a woman, a woman should be in the kitchen or, you know, vacuuming the house or hemming the clothes or whatever like that. And what I think that that created was, um, an absent father and a, one parent cannot raise a child. Mm -hmm. It takes two parents and probably other people, but it takes the masculine essence and the feminine essence, whoever has it, it doesn't yeah. really matter. But, a one parent trying to cover both things mm -hmm. ends up in a like a malformed incomplete psychology of the child and then you have this like good boy sort of uh be a good boy for mom mm -hmm. you know like i don't know if anybody's ever said that to you but like that makes me want to kick people in the fucking chest be a good <laughs> boy yeah don't fucking say it. i'm not a good boy like stuff. <laughs> i've boy said that you. i'm like i'm a good boy <laughs> yeah it's like that's like part of that beta male thing yeah because that there weren't these experiences often like every day or every week of a man raising his son mm -hmm. the man was gone he'd come mm -hmm. home maybe for an hour before the kid went to bed yeah but there wasn't like a here's how we change the oil here's how you deal with your feelings here's yeah. how you um and it's interesting to me now as a father and my my girl and i are um with him mm -hmm. every day we're both in the home we both work from home He's with both of us every day. Interesting. If he gets like a little too uh, cagey with me, he'll go to her, vice versa. Yeah. And he, even the, the daycare says like, oh, you guys are doing such a great job. He, he's like so happy. And you can tell he's like fully formed because yeah. we're both there. So he's getting dude energy and chick energy mm -hmm. or masculine and feminine energy yeah. and growing sort of more complete. And this like why there's so many fucking movies of... Um, like Michael Sarah's or beta males or mm -hmm. whatever the fuck. And why that's so popular, I think is because since fucking we started making people go to jobs, there's this absent father, like a uh, conundrum. I yeah. Guess. That is interesting. That is because, you know, I mean, traditionally like human society, at least ancient society that we understand, which who knows how much we really understand. Um, it was less so and it where the guy leaves and now we have like this crazy you know 40 to 60 hour work week where the the man is gone and if it's a good job a lot of times the the woman is gone too and that kid's like getting raised at school getting you know and then you have them for you know from 3 30 to 8 p.m before they go to bed and it's like this weird mix of people raising but i raising your kid i haven't really thought about the uh the impact of uh, how going to work every day shapes a young child. I've, I have, I guess I have, I, 
I have thought that paternity leave should be longer. I mean, I'm like, I want to be for the first, you know, year of my kid's life. I would like to be there literally as much as possible. Yeah, paternity know? leave and maternity leave should be like a year. Like, yeah, and it's people. A lot of people will argue that, but I think it's just a just purely based on like childhood development. Like it's going to benefit that kid. And then what really annoys me, and I'm not a parent, so I don't really have ground to stand on. But what really annoys me is people being like, oh, after you know, after four weeks i i was ready to come back home it's like oh you, you selfish like Shut i get it up. like i get it. it it must be insane and difficult and tiring but your kid needs you like he doesn't yeah. like you don't well want you, you have be... ground to stand on because you're a child yeah like yeah i was uh, yeah i'm a former baby yeah and and you're still like a child of people and what yeah. they do still affects you yeah like if for your sure. dad fucking shot somebody it, it would affect you. Yeah, like, I'd be pretty upset. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I might be alright with it, depending on what the dude did. Yeah, like who'd you shoot? Yeah. Why'd you shoot him, Dad? Um, but it, it's like uh, I think of of the many problems that we yeah. have in our country. One of the biggest ones is we don't support parents raising young kids. No, and and we don't we don't support schools raising kids. We don't do we don't do hardly anything. There's no really easily accessible public education about raising kids. Um, there's there's the hospitals don't do a good job. Yeah. The only thing there is is in most states you can't get an abortion. Yeah, you have to have the child, but. What happens after that is is figure figure it out. Yeah, it's 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 the most important thing to like cultivating a strong society. Yeah, and you know we don't in invest like, uh, in it. Sorry to cut you off. You're fine. Um, did you know that in like uh, indigenous tribes and like ancient tribes, uh, when a child was born, they could pass that child to multiple women to mm. breastfeed. I've heard similar things like that. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I. That'd be kind of weird nowadays. Uh, I don't really want. I mean, else I don't, my kid, but yeah, it, um, yeah, that'd be weird if like one of my if that was the culture. Friends came over and she's like, "I got some milk." She's like, "It's not," but uh, yeah, I don't know. But if, if that was the culture, does that, it like that'd be fine? Benefit but, the baby? Um, yeah, it actually saying? can because um, breast milk is extremely powerful. Like um, yeah, when a mom kisses her child, mm -hmm. she also smells the child. And if um, she's able to pick up on any like uh, viruses or illnesses coming, and um, when she does that, uh, her breast milk will start to make antigens yes. for the child, which is really interesting to me. So yeah. it, it would it would stand to reason that if multiple women were able to do that, the kid would get healthier and healthier. But you could also then look at like the other metric of life expectancy, yeah, like. I don't think that anybody in fucking eighteen hundreds was living to ninety. You know? They were, they were there, but it wasn't as common because you know you break a leg, yeah, you fucking kill you. You get a deep cut; it could kill you real easily. You had a lot more infant and mother mortality. Um, that's interesting, though. I um, I would, I wonder what the studies are on that because you can buy breast milk, and um, but they're, they're, the the the. The, the woman isn't around the kid, so it's just random breast milk. What blows my mind is, um, and I'm another thing where it's like I can't, like I don't have ground to stand on to judge, but <laughs> when I was in school, I learned all about how far superior breast milk is to formula. Oh, yeah, dude. And um, there's, there's a lot of things 
um, that don't make sense. How like formula is continued, like they continue to push formula as a viable option because there's money behind it. There is, and and that is part of the reason why Nestle is such an evil company. Like that's the first evil thing they did. The first evil thing that Nestle did as a company was push. Um, baby formula as not only a good alternative to breast milk, but almost unnecessary. Like you need to give this to your baby. So, you know, there was generation of malnourished babies that weren't getting all the good antigens and bacteria from yeah. real breast milk. We need to cap fucking nefarious profits. Yeah, we need to, we need to, I have a vendetta out for, for Nestle <laughs> in particular. Do you, as a man from Michigan, are you aware of, uh, shit, can you hear me? No. Uh-oh. Hello? Somebody just turned There on. we go. Something, something just fucked up. Everybody pause. Um, there we go. Can you hear? Can you hear that? Yeah, I can hear you. You can hear me. Yeah. I don't know what just happened. All right, technical delay. We'll play We're back, some. Everybody. We'll play some elevator music during <laughs> that. Um, anyways, so you're from Michigan, right? Mm-hmm. You love the Great Lakes. I I can only assume. They're yeah. Better than oceans. Um, do, are you aware of uh, how much Nestle takes from the Great Lakes? Uh. Uh-uh. Nestle? This is gonna piss me off when oh, I go sleep tonight. I've, 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 I talk about it on stage every now and then. Nestle takes about a million gallons of water per day from the Great Lakes. Whoa! For two for a bill of two hundred and seventeen dollars a year. For, really? For, yeah. For for who two, the fuck allows that, dude? Fucking our our horrible. I don't know. Was that Whitmer? It, no, it was it was before Whitmer. They're just looking for a reason to impeach Whitmer. Yeah, it's it's. I'm having audio issues over here. Good. I'm sorry. I don't know what's going on. I think I can hear you fine. Yeah, I can hear me fine too. But I can tell like the we're gonna have a quiet part there. Anyways, just um, lean into your headphones, everybody. <laughs> yeah, like shove them deep get, get into your ears or swallow them. I don't know when it started, but they've been doing that for a long time. Like, can you imagine two? So that's you know, two hundred and seventeen dollars a year. Like, that's a that's probably for, about what I pay for three hundred sixty-five million gallons of water. Mm-hmm. And they and what they do, they bottle it and then they sell it. So all the Nestle Pure Life and Nestle bullshit water bottles that you see, oh, no those that's that is from the Great Lakes, or at least partially from. Dude, the Great if I Lakes. ever get really rich, or I should say, when I get really rich, yes. I'm just gonna buy all their fucking water and dump yeah. it back in. <laughs> just start pouring bottles yeah. back in. Just videotape it yeah, every week. Ex- hey, Nestle, except now it's got you. fucking microplastics in it. Yeah, I, I, I loathe Nestle. Yeah, I fuck them, loathe dude. Nestle. I don't like them now either. Yeah, never buying, you're fucked, Nestle. I'm never buying any of your shit again. Hell yeah, fuck Nestle. It, well, good luck never buying anything. They're one of those companies that you look at. Fuck in. that, dude. I'll look into it. <laughs> Bro, don't piss me off, dude. It's I'll like fucking, hundreds of companies. I'll go companies down the rabbit hole. Do it. Look at Nestle. They're fucking evil. They're one of those companies that has like branches of yeah, umbrellas and shit. And, yeah, yeah they're, they're a huge fucking corporation. So I have a question for you. What's that? You're 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 big into hunting. You're mm-hmm. a big hunter. When did that start? How did that start? Um, Good question. Yeah, that, hit me with of, some of that. <laughs> that's kind of gone in like a few iterations. I I will say, like, um, I started hunting as a kid with my grandpa, uh, my mom's dad, and um, it wasn't very informative like he was a better fisher than he was a hunter so he would take me fishing and you know we'd go salmon fishing or bass fishing or whatever 
Um, and we would always have more success at that. Hunting with him was like, here's a rifle. Go yeah. sit by that tree. Shut the fuck up until something wait, comes. Wait for a deer. Shoot yeah. it when it comes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I never shot a deer with him. Um, I did shoot some squirrels, though, um, which was really fun. Yeah. And I like... I'm really into cooking, so I like cooking oh, squirrels you? and stuff. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, and uh, then that probably went on until I was like 16 or 17. Mm-hmm. Every year we would go on a fishing trip and a hunting trip. So they'd be like four days. Yeah. Like uh, four days in October, four days in November, basically. Um, and then I after that, um, I didn't hunt until uh last year actually um and then uh i was getting more into it and just kind of like as i was growing as a man i knew like i was about to have a son mm-hmm. or i had a son when i started hunting last year but um before he was born i was just kind of like realizing how much nature meant to me and i was living in la and there's i mean there's a lot of nature in la but it's yeah. it's like watered down nature um it's not like the fucking woods, you know, it's like yeah. park. Um, and I was just finally like making good money to like have hobbies again. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I was, I just decided I was going to pick up hunting again. And my, uh, friend Eric, who's like, uh, he, he's, I don't, I have like a, a level of best friends. Like they all kind of sit in the same level. Be careful. They're going to probably yeah. listen to this. Yeah. Well, if you guys are listening, eat shit. Um, but uh, my friend Eric is probably like my closest friend. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been friends for like 12 years now, I think, at this point. We're from the same hometown, went to the same high school. Where is that? Niles, Michigan. Oh, okay. Right on the Indiana border. Yep. And uh, um, he was in my older brother's grade. So when I was a freshman, he was a senior. Um, and we started hanging out when I was like a junior in high school and then we went to the same college central michigan fire um, up chips yeah fire up and oh, then shit. Uh, i wonder if we know like have mutual friends from central <laughs> we probably do yeah um but then he he got me into web development so we're both web developers um and then we partied together all through college um we traveled we've tra- done a bunch of trips together mm-hmm. um and uh, we've each done like uh, cross country cycling trips and shit, and then oh, wow. our cool. own. And he kind of like, I forget what exactly started it, but um, he wanted to get into hunting too, just to be like more sustainable. I don't yeah. really want to support uh, factory, factory farming, farming or monocrop agriculture. Or, mm-hmm. um, and I also kind of fancy myself like a mountain man. Yeah. Like if I were to like elevate into any state of being, it'd probably be like a dude that owns. A fucking mountain. Yeah. <laughs> like, I run that. Like, that's my I mountain. own a mountain? Yeah. I'd, <laughs> I'd love to own a, a ranch that had a mountain in it. Like, just... Yeah, that's know? literally the dream. So, like, uh, uh, that kind of came to fruition. We each had money, so... Yeah. Um, and I, I know how to hunt. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, like, I have guns and bow, a bow, and I know how to, like, get started. So, I kind of got him started, and... Uh, I went back to Michigan last year and he had property that we could hunt on mm-hmm. and uh, we each killed our first deer. Very like, cool. He killed his first hour, first day. What? I killed mine last hour, last day. Oh, cool. And it was this whole insane progression of like, he shot the deer and I remember watching him gut it and like pull the heart out and the liver out and the tenderloins. And 
I was like, oh man, that's kind of gross. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know if I can be a hunter. It's yeah. like very weird. Yeah. And I was like kind of taken aback. And then three days go by and uh, I'm sitting in the stand. I hear a fucking twig break. I look behind me. I see two does and I just slowly get up, drop my scope uh, right on the deer's heart and I shoot it. And wow. like I, I shot it and it bucked up and ran like 20 yards. So I like, and then like uh got to another part of my tree stand like uh i had to like lean over a bit Mm -hmm. and uh i shot it again and i like basically jumped down the fucking tree stand and he went to go give me a hug and i was like i gotta make sure it's dead yeah and i I fucking ran through this trail like across the river over to this deer hopped a fence and like ran up to it and it was dead wow and um i cut it up uh field dressed it pulled the guts out and it was like not gross at all. Weird. It was like I had I had gone through this whole coming of age sort of uh risehood to like this sect of um or this rising to like this sector of my manhood of like yeah. uh able to kill something, understand what that means, feel the weird feelings of killing mm-hmm. something that you love and appreciate and find beautiful, and also cutting it open and pulling its guts out yeah and then two hours later i'm eating its heart weird it's like this it's such a beautiful feeling man because it's it's not something that anybody really experiences nowadays i mean there are like avid hunters like they're way better hunters than me and like way more avid hunters than me but um i was 29 when that happened Mm -hmm. like so for 29 years, I had never killed any big game. I'd like killed frogs and fish and squirrels and shit, but not a big ass animal. Um, yeah. And then like carried it to a truck and hung it up in a barn, you know, like that. that's a rugged experience that like I personally feel like I need to have and need yeah. to be having because it unlocks a part of my DNA. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on that trip my friend bought his bow as like a celebration present for himself yeah he's like fuck it i'm gonna buy a bow and then um i bought a bow and did like the fucking calculus of trying to figure out how to apply for uh archery elk tag in colorado yeah which is extravagant to say the least it's just the idea of doing it i know innately that that's gonna be a huge it's fucking hard dude and he was like i was like i'm going elk hunting in september if you want to come and he's like, I had already applied and everything. Yeah. And he's like, oh, fuck. Uh, how do I do this? And I was like, here's my group. I like just changed my application to a group application. Yeah. I was like, here's my number. Just tag yours onto this. Mm-hmm. And then we'll have this. We'll get tags in the same area. We'll draw in the same area so we can hunt together. Um, which is probably the best way to do it if yeah. you're not going to be doing solo. Just have a group. One person figure it out and then tag everything else on. And then... Um, this past September, we went hunting in Colorado, uh, right, wow. by, right by Aspen, and it was fucking insane, yeah. dude. It was easily the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. Yeah, you were you you told me that that that, that it was fucking difficult. Mm-hmm. I've gone on backcountry hikes, you know, where I got an eighty pound pack, yeah. and just after two miles, you know, you're feeling it. You know, you're going yeah. up and down and all over terrain. I can only imagine how far back did you guys go? Um, well, so we went to two different places. Uh, the first place we had to hike in five miles, and mm-hmm. I think there was about 2,000 feet of elevation change, um, which was a motherfucker. Um, and then the, 
So we had to basically go from bottom of a mountain, up a mountain to another mountain. And then the next morning we hiked like another thousand feet up to cross over this ridge um, and didn't see any elk or really any elk sign. So we left there the next morning. Mm -hmm. Um, So we only spent about like 24 hours there maybe. And then we drove to this other part by Aspen um, and we hiked in eight miles (laughs) with like... 60 70 pound packs bows mm-hmm. yeah. like how um, do you carry your bows um get a bow sling dude if, if yeah. you're gonna be like putting any miles on it really um i'd say get a bow sling like you can you can put it on your pack like um the strap spa- it in the space between your sight over there and you don't have a long um riser or like the the weight mm-hmm. the protruding arm of the weight off the front you, you have a small one yeah um you don't need one because like your weight is is totally fine but a lot of people will nestle their bow mm-hmm. on their neck right between those two things yeah i've seen that and i got worried about my sight getting fucked up because yeah. i'm not like the fucking i'm not clumsy but i'm also not like a fucking yeah. i'm not campaign so i can't like yeah right fucking do that but um so we had bow slings and then um then on the days that I was hunting, I don't think that I had a bow sling. Yeah. Or I was hunting every day. But when I was like, what we did on that, when we went into that spot was we hiked eight miles in, mm-hmm. found a campsite, set up a base camp. And then every morning and every night we were basically gone all day and then yeah. come back to that one spot. How, what kind of optics were you guys running? Um, I had the vortex um diamondback 10 by 42s mm-hmm. uh binoculars and then the vortex um fuck what is the um I can, I can, it's the vortex uh range finder it's like the newer one it's like 300 bucks yeah. um and it, it's pretty dope it has like a decimal reading mm-hmm. of like 35.3 yards or whatever um, oh, nice. and then like a horizontal um distance component of like a vertical and horizontal oh, very so it, cool it judges like say if you're up 20 feet yeah. from the ground or uh, the thing you're shooting is up 20 feet um so i had both of those um which are extremely useful and both extremely durable and, and good like, mm-hmm. did um, you have do you have a stand that you put your binos on because whenever i use binoculars like naturally like i like if I'm if I, moving all over the fucking yeah, place. and if I'm if I'm if I'm trying to glass or something, yeah, like you I, can't glass like that. What I did actually was um, Vortex sells a binocular adapter for those binoculars to set onto a tripod. Mm-hmm. Um, I bought that, and then I went to Lowe's and bought a bolt that fit that, mm. um, and then cut it in half. And then drilled a hole into my trekking pole and screwed that bolt. Oh, perfect! Onto the top of the so you pole. just had the trekking pole mm-hmm. combo, so you didn't need it because yeah. saving weight is everything in that situation. Yeah, for the most part. I mean, I, I honestly don't give a fuck. If my pack is 150 pounds. Like, <sighs> if I'm, it's like, it's well, unfortunate, it's but it's also meat, like, you know, yeah. after, on the way out, you know, yeah. I think about that at least. I mean, I it know. sucks, but like, <laughs> you're you're supposed like uh, my friend and I are starting that friend he and i are starting like an outdoor company we're going to make a website and like cool. have blogs and and how to stuff and it's going to be called uh i think it's going to be called here to work outdoors because like we kind of developed this saying that was like uh we're here to work yeah this isn't fucking vacation yeah you know, we're like 
we're here to work. So it was like, if, if I, we hiked 18 miles in one day mm-hmm. and we were laughing the whole fucking time. Yeah. Just cause it's like, this is what this thing is. You're here to work. Yep. You're not here to fucking play around and play tiddly winks, you know? Yeah. You're, 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 um, you're, you're here on a mission. Stupid weight is another thing. If you yeah. like brought Bring five in a cast book, iron skill. Yeah, if you brought <laughs> cast iron skill and five books with you, you're yeah. a fucking idiot. But, yeah. um, but he had a spotting scope and a tripod that he brought to the first location. Yeah. And did not bring that to the second location. Because um, it was heavy? Because it was heavy and didn't really, for where we were at, yeah. there weren't really the opportunities to be glassing two miles away, three miles away. Yeah, you don't there need were it. Sort of. In the first spot, there definitely were. But then in the second spot, our, our binos were fine. Yeah, interesting. So it's like I'm so like uh, like I I can feel the obsession rising right now. I'm really into it. Good. I've been just like I've been looking at different gear and equipment and um shooting my bow a lot more and just like really feeling uh cuz like I'm I'm my philosophy with it is like I want to fill my freezer. I want to have meat. Like I venison is my favorite fucking meat on planet Earth. I've never had the good grace, like good luck to eat elk, which oh, I elk is like even better. That's what I've heard. In elk Steve Rinella's book, yeah, dude. In his book, he t- Steve Rinella's book, he talks about like you know some people can turn their nose up at you know deer and, and any anything, but uh, nobody nobody doesn't like elk. You know everybody likes elk. Elk is yeah. delicious, and it's I can't fire. fucking wait to get one. Um, yeah, dude, I was I was hoping I'd have some fucking elk. This uh, I didn't get one. Yeah, I, that that it's must so have been difficult, a dude. Oh yeah, you have to get within what like forty yards uh, to feel comfortable. For us, our cutoff was fifty. This we I've been bow hunting for six months, so it's yeah. not like I'm a fucking pro. But no. um, it's honestly I, I wasn't really that bummed. I'm like bummed now, just yeah. like thing. But at the end of the trip, I, like. We worked as hard as we could, did yeah. everything that we thought we could. We made a lot of mistakes, as you do on your first. Did you get major close? Hunt. Yeah, I got pretty close. Um, I got within a hundred yards of three different bulls. Oh man! Um, I chased one up a mountain mm-hmm. um, to no avail. Um, that's why I've been running a lot lately because I was like fucking winded. Granted, I'm like twelve thousand feet up, so it's like yeah, you know, difficult. And you, you know. A lot of hiking, probably yeah. not getting the most calorie, you know, the best calorie, yeah, quality I lost calories. Yeah, like 10 pounds yeah. on that trip. But it's also, they're fucking intelligent. Like, Yeah, they're not stupid. If you look at the success rate percentages of units, a lot of them are like 1%, 5%, 10%. Units all, as in an area? Mm-hmm. So, excuse me, the, the way that like Colorado breaks it down and many other states do is... Excuse me. Um, yeah. Sparkling water. We're drinking me. sparkling water. Um, Can't not burp. Is it? It breaks the state down into GMUs or game management units. Yep. And you'll do a draw. So like we had, um, forty four, forty five, forty seven, and four forty four, which are all touching each other in this certain portion of the middle of the Rockies, like right by Aspen. Yeah. And um, it it breaks it down by that, and then. Uh, each so that's like a draw and then each individual unit like 47 I think had 3% success rate last year and then um, like 17% of some of the other ones so like if, if you think about like if 100 people put in a tag or mm-hmm. put in for a tag and get a tag only 17 
yeah. are killing something. And you're that's like 17. Insane. And after hearing other places are 3%, you're like, fuck, I want 17%. Mm-hmm. Well, that's where it, it comes in handy. Where he, I was watching a meat eater, he, uh, Idaho mule deer episode, or it's two part, I love, part episode. I love those fucking episodes. Uh, and and uh, I forget who he goes out with, but this guy like knows a spot. Oh, that's, um, that's his buddy Cam. Um, sorry, he's the dude that works for uh, First Light, and he's he's balding. It's um, it's not Clay Newcomb. It's um, Cam. What's his last name? Haynes. No, it's not Cam. They've never done a. a, a video That'd be cool either. to see a collab. I fucking love Steve Rinell, man. Dude, he's a god. He he's shout out Michigan, dude. Shout out Michigan. Let's go. Um, throwback to. I grew up. I learned how to hunt like right by his hometown. Yeah, he's from the western part of the state, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Up by Ludington. Oh, um, God, I love Ludington. But yet, like the the breakdown is insane. But what were you saying yeah. about the two part? Well, the it's the guy had a spot. He's like, this is a hot spot, mm-hmm. and don't tell anybody it's public land. You know, this is. But they had a little secret and spot. And never fucking somebody tell anybody. Shit. Never tell anybody. Well, I was talking to a guy at um, the archery club today. Um, Cause like I love it up there, like it's great, like it's it's yeah, great. Cool. And anybody that I find out that shoots, I'm like, like yo, have you seen this place? And I was telling him like I almost want to stop telling people because this is so great. And like Austin, it is eventually going to get like oversaturated. Mm-hmm. Um, but he said there, he's like, there's 450 members total um, right now. Did did your audio just die, or is that me? I don't think so. I'm having audio issues. It might man. be this your has uh, never happened before. Your headphone. What the? What did you do? I fucking missed it. It's your bro. fault. It is my fault. Um, just kidding. Yeah, he. But he said of those 450, they only average about like 50 people coming in like a month. Yeah, and most of them are out of shape anyway. So yeah. fuck them. Yeah, man. I I the I just I hunt. You got to be in shape. Yeah, that's what's a that's a lot of the reason. Um, that's a great excuse to like go to the gym and get in great shape is to do that because it's so difficult. Dude, I've been going hard since my hunting trip. Really? Since that hunting trip. Yeah, dude. Cause I was like, I'm pretty strong. Like yeah. I weigh like 155 mm-hmm. and I'm, I can like, I can deadlift close to 400. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm pretty strong for my size and like just on pure, I just ran Will. F- five miles Yeah. just like, cause I made myself. Yeah. And the elk hunting trip was 10 times harder than all those things. Mm-hmm. It was like, I, I was walking up such steep slopes that like every five steps I had to stop. Yeah. It was like, it was absurd. That's that fucked up shit. Yeah. Yeah. My fucking heart's pounding just yeah. like trying to be quiet. Snot's coming out of my face. Just like that shit's hard. Now. So I've been going hard as fuck. Well, since. it makes sense why Cam Haynes is so successful with it. And also like what a freak, you know, athlete yeah. he is like with the ultra marathons, you know, like it's how he ensures success is because like it is so difficult yeah and there's not really an easy part about it like we were waking up at 4 35 in the morning mm-hmm. and our socks were frozen the yeah. sweat from the day before was frozen and you had to like fuck and then put them back on and your shit's wet and start walking yeah like so it was like from the moment you woke up until you went to sleep it was it was difficult and it, it it's not always that difficult like as you learn how to camp better and mm-hmm. find better spots and stuff like that. Yeah. But as two dumbass first time yeah. backcountry bow hunters, like it was, we roughed it. Well, that's when my, I was talking to my buddy cause we want to plan a trip and, uh, 
we were talking about the idea of like i'm like let's just fuck it let's go big let's get a tag in uh colorado or wyoming or any of these elk spots get a tag and go and he's like bro we've we've never like we've never been bow hunting doesn't matter first well his perspective is like let's like start off with like whitetail or something so we don't have to carry like pack out a fucking you know 700 pound elk <laughs> without Trust knowing me, what the fuck we're doing it'll be worth it i think for sure like yeah. if it's like it's a different thing where you and i come from people sit in a tree stand and yeah. shoot a deer that walks in with a rifle that's hunting where we're from that's not hunting in the west yeah and which is what i want to do i want to do hunting in the west that's so what like do it huge yeah start out big you're going to learn way more yeah. and if you don't get something it's yeah. not that big of a deal because you just learned so much hell yeah see and that's kind of like that's how i feel so he's definitely going to listen to this and he knows who he is <laughs> yeah. so What's there you go josh let's josh go. don't be a pussy dude yeah stop being a bitch um it, it like changes your whole perspective though because when i got back from that i went um whitetail hunting at yeah. my spot out here yeah and um i've been in that spot maybe four times yeah. i think hunting hunting hogs before the season opened up and every time that i was there before the elk hunting trip i was like didn't even scratch the fucking surface mm-hmm. of this area yeah and was just like kind of playing it safe and like oh like i'm yeah. gonna, like i'm gonna stay right here and try to call a deer in and then i went there maybe a month ago Whenever the season opened up and uh, opened up on October 2nd, it's the 29th. Yeah. Sometime in October I went and uh, I was like, I got there at five in the, or six in the morning, still dark, walked out without my light on just like, uh, and walked way past where I've ever been before Mm -hmm. and saw two bucks just like right Mm -hmm. away. And I like. I made it like a little more dangerous. I like exerted myself a little bit more just looking for other things and understanding that the more work you put in, mm. the more that's going to uh, distance you from other people. Cause mm-hmm. I saw like there were probably five cars when I showed up and every time I've been there, there's never been anybody else. Mm-hmm. So obviously there's deer hunters here and uh, I, I've, I got way away from them to a spot where deer were not interacting differently yeah. because there wasn't pressure. Mm-hmm. And that's not something that I would have had the inclination to do had I not been on that huge trip before. Mm. Cause you just got like, if there aren't animal where you are, yeah, go somewhere else. So do you use, um, are scent blockers legal here? Do you use those? I don't know if they're legal or not. I don't really, no, I, I don't use them. I use wind, like a wind yeah. detector, like chalk in a bottle. Yeah. Like a dead just down puff wind. puff it up just to see which way the wind's blowing for you so you can stay on top of that. Yeah, and then you don't want to approach something if your wind is like circle some one way or the other yeah. so that your wind is, isn't blowing right where you're going because there's probably animals where you're yeah. going. So, okay, you get a deer, you're four miles back. How do, do you, you quarter it? What do you do? No, if it was just a deer, I would probably throw it over your shoulders and top, yeah. rough it. Yeah, because I like I'd have my bow sling, mm-hmm. and when I'm just day hunting, I have my big hiking pack mm-hmm. um, with like my kill kit. So there's uh, my game bags, the tags, and my knife and a knife sharpener, and then um, there's maybe a meal or two yeah. in there, and then like a, a 
a stove, like a small stove and yeah. the ability to cook, and then my camelback. And then there's two decoys, a rattle bag, um, and that's pretty much it. So there's not that much weight on that. So I, mm-hmm. I would just gut the deer, pull the guts out, keep the tenderloins in, probably grab the heart and the liver, and maybe, I don't know, so, something else like the gallbladder or something. Yeah, and maybe the nuts. Um, call those Rocky Mountain oysters. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they call those. I've never eaten those, but um, I'm not opposed. If we ever go hunting, we'll eat them. Yeah, I'll fucking if we eat them, them, dude. Um, it's disrespectful not to it. Yeah, I'm going to eat your balls. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to eat your balls, dude. If I kill you, I'll eat your balls. Come on. Um, uh, so then I, I would do that and then uh, pull all the guts out and then just throw it on my shoulder and walk out. Um, Interesting. But, dude, it, it gets fucking one component you should be worried about or um, maybe is how different the big woods are at night. Mm-hmm. Like I had a panic attack in Colorado and like uh, I was, I was out and my friend and I had split up uh, multiple days and hunted the whole day by herself and then come back to camp and share. Yeah. And I was two and a half miles away from our camp yeah. probably. And we're in, such deep backcountry that our GPS was wrong. Like where it read the trail was at. Interesting. Is not where the trail uh, was at. Yeah. And uh, it got dark quick. And the, my GPS said I was on the trail, but I was actually like 20 yards south of it or something. Mm. And I was just in thick fucking woods. And I like, uh, we had this thing where if, if you kill an elk, go to where the other person is at. And do three obvious non-bugles out of the bugle tube to get their attention. And they'll come and find you and then you'll go cut it up. Yeah. Uh, So I was lost and I was trying to do this. And it literally, I was so panicky that it sounded like a dying animal. Oh, God. And then I was like, oh, fuck, there's bear here. Yeah. And like wolves and shit and mountain lions. And uh, so it's like something's going to come fucking kill me. So I literally had an arrow knocked on my bow. And my pistol out. Yeah. Just walking through the woods like, help, Eric, Eric, where are you at? Fuck. And I I couldn't find the fucking trail for probably 40 minutes. Oh, my God. I'm just walking in the direction through thick-ass brush that like anything could fucking... Like be stalking you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And finally, I got back within like earshot. And I was like, Eric, help. I'm having a panic attack. Oh, my God. I was going to ask how you navigate in that that terrain without really knowing where you're at. You have GPS? Yeah. Get some sort of like uh, go hunt. Onyx. Uh-huh. Um, there's another one. There's, I don't uh, want the shit you had. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, yeah, it was. Um, I like go hunt a lot, but yeah. um, that that feature really fucked me. But do you use that here when you the public land up here or uh, not do you really? It? the The state of Texas isn't mapped as well. It's it's well because it's all private land here. Yeah, it's private land, and it's. I would say it's mainly an app for western hunting yeah even in michigan it's it's not that well laid out yeah um but in like colorado you can break down by like private land you can see private land boundaries you can yeah. see water you can see it's just that this trail um was mapped different or like outdated or something like that i'm not really mm-hmm. sure how that happens but um when i go here i just i actually like know the place because i've I've like been there a few times, but mm-hmm. then Google maps, you can like, uh, if, um, if you have service, Google earth is a fucking great app yeah. because you can like zoom in and see ridges um, and streams, like three year old photos of, of yeah. where you're at or two year old mm-hmm. photos or whatever. Um, but the place that I go to, um, 
is pretty uh we should go actually we should go before the end of the year um january 1st is the last day of the season that'd be down um the uh it's pretty chill like there yeah. there's a few wallows and there's like a trail that goes through this like oil rig spot that you can get like actually pretty deep into the woods yeah without making any noise and then cut in to whatever spot you want to go to um and then like a fucking i always get so nervous in the dark in the woods like walking out it's bizarre man there's something else that happens when you you're in your tent or you're just there's a there's a weirdness to the way you feel so exposed you know it's yeah. just it's just tough you feel you feel like you are no longer the top of the food chain yeah you know because you're extremely you're not, vulnerable dude. yeah you're very vulnerable but like my dad would say like dude you're safer you're a hundred times safer here than you would be in flint you know like, yeah <laughs> you're yeah, fine for sure it's just like uh like last time i went hunting out here for deer um I I got there at six in the morning and I mm-hmm. left after dark and I didn't leave my spot until it got dark mm-hmm. um, as, as you should. And I'm maybe three miles from the car or something like that. And I'm walking through thick fucking brush. And also like Texas has a lot of spiders, dude. Yes, they do. And this place has a lot of spiders. I tried taking a nap. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I told you this. I tried mm-hmm. taking a nap up against a tree in the middle of the day. And I was like up against my pack which was up against the tree. And then I had my, my gator on. Mm-hmm. So my head was covered. I had a hat on and my neck was covered and everything. And, uh, I had a hood up also. And I was like just about to fall asleep and a fucking spider crawls across my forehead. Uh. And it was like a decent sized, like maybe the size of a dime baby tarantula. Ah. And I Gross. fucking smacked it off and I pulled my hat off and there was another one on my hat. Oh my so God. I'm not fucking sleeping. It's like that scene in Harry Potter. Yeah. It was, it was fucking terrifying, dude. And yeah. then, uh, uh, as I'm sitting waiting for deer, I'm, I see, like I look over and I see spiders fucking everywhere. It's crazy when you can see a spider from like 10 feet away. Yeah. Like it's big enough to see it. Yeah. And they're just, you're in their fucking world. Yeah. So I'm walking back to the car with my headlamp on, uh, and I'm using my trekking pole like a fucking lightsaber, just sm- like trying to get webs out of because it's thick brush and oh, trees. So God. there's webs from tree to tree, yeah, and thick webs. And I'm f- just trying to do that, and I see the moon, and I'm walking, and as the m- I get like under the moon, I see a big fucking like a a huge spider in a web, like mm-hmm. ten feet above the trail, and uh, the trail is like not really a trail, and it that's so fucking scary to me because like yeah. how many of these motherfuckers have i already walked in yeah and how many of them are poisonous like i don't know yeah, anything fuck, about dude. the wildlife down here i went camping with uh, my girlfriend out of davis mountain state park and uh great spot like great spot darkest skies in the continental united states fucking cool shit up there uh that said we're laying at night and like some shit starts stirring around us and i woke up and i started shining my light and there was like 10 javelinas just like oh, rummaging dude. around just like and and i don't know these animals you know they like, can be aggressive javelinas. they can be from what I, I i remember hearing like one thing about like javelinas killing dogs and shit and there are these weird like half pig mutant weird like animals <laughs> i'm just like do i need to be worried about these things right now or are they going to try to bite through our tent like or the fucking sepsis that's on their 
Yeah, tasks. exactly. Like the the infection that you're guaranteed to get, and yeah. you're all the way, you know, six hours away from home. I want to kill one of those though, dude. They're um, Renella loves them a lot. Really? Actually. Yeah. Renella, uh, I, I, I don't know, cause he will eat anything. Like, he will, but he he's also like, uh, I've seen him eat stuff that he doesn't like. Yeah. And he'll he'll be, like, I don't like this. Yeah. And so I'm, it's like, all right, cool. You you have a fucking. Meter he's a somewhere. little bit normal. Yeah, but um, there's a. I think I told you this. There's a place in town. Daidue that has uh, yeah they'll sell javelina sometimes. I want to go. Um, that's a that, that's on the list of places that I want to go because they so serve all game. all wild game, right? Mm-hmm. I had somebody tell me the whole like I don't like wild game because it's gamey thing. And I'm like, you probably just haven't had it cooked well. Yeah, you're also a fucking pussy. Stop. Yeah, it's, stop. It's, it's, stop buying fucking butcher counter wagyu bones, you fucking idiot. Yeah. Like. Well, not everybody knows, and like it's like if you're you know like you're raised on a taste. This is the way mm-hmm. meat tastes, and it's you know an obese, depressed cow. This is what you think. I mean, uh, I will eat the fuck out of a uh, out of a ribeye. Yeah, you know? I'll eat fucking any any meat anywhere. I guess. But yeah. Like my my girl is kind of like that. Um, when I killed my deer last year and got the meat back. Um, if I put it in things, yeah, she really loved it. But if I just have like we're gonna have like steak slices of backstrap or something, yeah, she didn't really like it. That's so crazy. Backstrap's the most intensely delicious meat there is. Yeah, I mean, there's there's multiple factors. Like, there's there's what you said where there's like, they literally raise cattle to be delicious for you. Mm-hmm. That's that doesn't occur in the natural world. Yeah. Well, like, they're eating you know acorns and who knows what you know they're eating. yeah. They're eating all sorts of shit. And and there there's this like uh the other thing is like how you cook it, um, how you prepare it. Yeah. The things you eat it with. Yeah. Um and it it's also like I think a real component is whether or not you want to be eating wild game. Yeah. Every, like most people I talk to want to like source their meat properly. Yeah. But they don't really want to eat wild game. Well they're <sighs> It's just this weird miscon. It's this weird thing. It's it's like a mental. It's like a kid that only wants to eat hot dogs and chicken tenders. It's mm-hmm. like a, it's this mental issue where, you're okay with eating one dead animal carcass, but you're not okay with eating another dead animal carcass. You know, like yeah. it's like at the end of the day, you're eating a dead animal, whether it's it has you know, brown spots and was raised on a farm versus you know a white tail and yeah tans tan high like it's it's they're they're bovine creatures they're it's it, what's the difference like they're just a different animal it's yeah, it's, it's all dead animals really yeah, like it uh, doesn't make any sense it's frustrating i try and trick those people like i do this to my girl sometimes yeah. like uh my my buddy and his wife were visiting us and um i was like hey do you guys want to have like uh ribs mm-hmm. barbecue ribs i'll make some ribs Everybody's like, yeah, let's do that. And so Eric and I go to the store, and all they had was lamb mm-hmm. ribs. She's like, all right, don't tell Bryn, don't tell my girl. Yeah. And I made, uh, I made them when she wasn't, she couldn't, she didn't see the packaging. Yeah, I made them. We all ate them, and she was like, wow, this is really good. Yeah. And Eric and I just looked at each other and looked back down. It's a little and, rude, a uh, <laughs> little bit rude, gonna be yeah, honest. But fuck it. Um, <laughs> and. Uh, like two weeks later, I was like, "Hey, you remember that those ribs I made?" She's like, "Yeah, those are really good. You should make those again." I was like, uh, "That was lamb." Mm-hmm. She's like, "You motherfucker!" Nah, you, 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 like, you got tricked. Yeah. I was like, "Do you see how stupid it is? Your pre- yeah. if you if you didn't know what it was, yeah, you loved it, yeah, but because you know what it is, yeah, but you like, have this feeling yeah. about it and which, ask yourself why. 
Yeah. Why does, because is there a difference? Fucking media has made the difference. Yeah. And you, you, you want to argue. Lambs are like sacred little cute things. Like they're animals like everything else. Yeah. But if, and if you want to play that game, like looking at a, a deer versus cattle, cattle are really smart. Like a, a cow is has like a similar intelligence to a dog. They interact. They like getting really? pet. Yeah. Cat, cows know. are really smart. And deer, they're like fish. <laughs> deer are fucking retarded. Like deer are Yeah, they can be. They de- just a regular old white-tailed deer. Like I have been out um I've never like actually hunted, but I have been out, you know, shooting at the archery range when deer walk through and I just like hold up my bow and just you know, imagine the shot. I'm not draw back or anything. Um and I'm standing there with a lethal killing machine and this deer will just stop and stare at you broadside for like yeah. 10, 15 seconds before going like, nah, I don't know about you. It's <laughs> That's like, also a public deer. It is a, a public deer, deer, but de- I don't know. Although actually, deer are pretty dumb. Actually, I've had that experience in the wild once. I like had a doe run up on me when I was younger and I pulled up my rifle mm-hmm. and I was like 10 feet from this deer and I could yeah. fucking smoke this yeah. thing. And I had I literally had it pointed at the deer and he just she just stared at me. I really don't I think like, a white tail, yeah, a white tailed deer's survival yeah. instincts. I don't think they're that that good. Yeah, they're not the smartest. <laughs> I, I don't think. But um, that that whole like the feeling thing about what yeah. you're you're going to eat is like seems really illogical to me, and it yeah. always has. Like when, I remember when I was a kid, I think it was like maybe nine. I asked my grandma if she would buy a mm-hmm. cow for me to raise and then kill and eat. And she's like, no, you <laughs> fucking serial killer. She's like, what kind of like, what the fuck are you talking about? How old are you? I was, <laughs> like, I was like, I'll feed it. I'll raise it. I'll do, I'll, I'll do everything. Yeah. Just and then when he's finally big enough, I'm going to put a bolt through the back of his head. Yeah. I'll, I'll fucking do it all my, and she's like, no, you fucking psycho. But it's, I think that that's actually the more natural way to be. Yeah. And to have an aversion to like, oh, I don't want to eat this because it's a cute animal. Yeah, it's like, it's it's to be so dissociated from the reality of what meat is is not healthy. Yeah, and it, I th- I think as I've gotten older, it's less about um maybe it's not less about anything, but it's like a, I have more and more respect for just animals in general. Yeah, after being in like fair chase of them, fair pursuit of them, mm-hmm. and. If you can actually kill an animal in the wild, that is like, that's a fucking accomplishment. Yeah. Because it's not easy mm-hmm. to just like sitting in a, a fucking deer blind with a high powered rifle. You can shoot a deer 300 yards away. It's pretty yeah. easy. Watching a deer yeah. at a feeder. Throw or some whatever. fucking corn yeah. out or whatever the fuck. But yeah. um, if you can stalk an animal and mm-hmm. kill it in its habitat, yeah, that is like, that's fucking sacred. And that's, that's stuff that like humans since they invented tools have been doing or mm-hmm. trying to do and it's not like we're some elevated species that is no longer an animal we're also animals mm-hmm. if we lived in the wild everything would be fair game yeah but because we live in these societies and like have cute teddy bears and fucking you know cartoons with lambs in them or something yeah. like, oh don't Bambi. kill that it's, yeah. it's like a cute little animal be selective don't kill a fucking baby deer. Yeah. Kill a full-grown male or a full-grown mom. Like, yeah. uh, that's... T- well, don't call it a mom. Yeah, <laughs> it's a little I, bit harder. Uh, <laughs> uh, kill, kill a full-grown deer or yeah. doe without babies behind it. Like, yeah. Um, and, and appreciate that animal. Like, yeah. cook, cook it with 
your friends. Well, yeah, and it, compared to the alternative, which you're going, you are going to eat unless you're vegetarian or vegan. You're gonna eat a killed cow, like, and you're completely dissociated from it. A regular, I've heard a stat like a regular pound of hamburger that you get at the grocery store has somewhere between like six and seven hundred different cows in it because they Whoa. kill every yeah they kill everything grind it all together mix it all right, up so not you're one cow at a time no it's exactly so you're you're supporting the system where these cows are raised in brutal conditions and then slaughtered in mass and then mixed up it's not healthy they're not healthy animals most of the time you know most even if it says it's grass-fed you don't really know the conditions that this cow was raised yeah, it could in. be grass-fed and then grain finished yeah which exactly. is a major problem and also like did this animal die and shortly thereafter have someone thank it yeah no no well, they didn't no and that's all like the spiritual like nature of like you don't and that's kind of what i'm getting to is like you don't feel anything mm-hmm. i pick up a steak from the grocery store i don't feel anything and i know when you kill an animal there is a there is feeling and you're gonna you're feeling. gonna feel that so like you're we're completely dissociated for it from it and it's just not a healthy thing to do and like than the aversion to wild game because it tastes gamey or whatever. It's like, no, that's what meat is supposed to taste like. It's not something that's been eating grain. And the, I went down a rabbit hole the other day finding out like um, what they eat. Cause like I've, you've, I'm sure you've heard stories about like, Oh, the cows are eating the pigs and the pigs are eating the cows and that kind of shit. Um, but what, what I did was I looked up like, where do the, where do they put the carcasses? Where do they put the brains? Like all these cows die. There's a billion cows almost a year that get slaughtered here. Where do all the brains go? Where do they put the skeletons? Like where, where is, where's the remnants? Where are the hooves and everything? And what they do is they take them and send them to meat recycling plants. And these meat recycling plants get all of the animal carcasses, pigs, lambs, fucking cows everything they get all the remains put it in a pile along with all of the remains of euthanized pets and all of the remains from grocery stores that don't sell like you know meat that goes bad that they don't sell so they get like all of that in a pile and they don't take the meat out of the packages from the grocery stores. They just throw it in plastic and all and grind it all together. And they grind it a few more times and then they boil it and then grind it and then boil it again. And then they turn it into farm animal feed and pet food. Jesus. Isn't I thought that would give them fucking mad cow disease. Um, if, does if, it not if, if it's that boiled down? If they're eating the brains if a if a cattle is eating another cattle then yes but i think something about like the process of how they do it mm-hmm. it it makes it so like i don't know it that doesn't happen obviously imagine being a bunch the piece of, of shit who figured that out dude it's just so i was reading it and it wasn't like conspiracy websites it was like i'm reading this on websites where they're just telling you what happens yeah, and it's just like coded in nor- yeah it was just coded coded in normalcy like this is normal this is what we do Jesus and because of these businesses are you know understaffed they don't have time to take the old spoiled meat out of the packages so they just throw the whole styrofoam package in there and then your fucking euthanized cat is in that pile too What's so weird about that is people can hear that and understand that yeah. and still think that hunting is wrong. 
Yeah, or yeah, or still have some weird thing against hunting. Or you can hear that and like understand, and then it just doesn't penetrate, and you don't choose to, you know, even start to digest that. You know. Yeah, I, I th- from a very young, like a really really young age, none of that made any sense to me, and mm-hmm. I was like, I wouldn't say I was the weird kid, but like, I uh, I definitely feel like my brain is of another era. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I told you about the cow thing mm-hmm. and then like, <laughs> you wanted I was to a 12 a year old and I brought squirrels home and put them in a crock pot. Like yeah. <laughs> that, that's like not a thing that many 12 year olds do or like on their own volition this yeah. day and age, probably not. Or my mom had a great Dane and mm-hmm. it was like, it could barely get off the couch cause its hips were so bad. Yeah. And they were like talking about putting it down. And, uh, I was like, why don't I do it? Like, yeah. I have a shotgun. It costs a bullet's like a dollar mm-hmm. and they're like no what the fuck are you talking about and i was like <laughs> well you're about to go pay what 500 bucks to the vet yeah to put down your animal like that doesn't know anything about your animal i can walk it out back and fucking give it a good last five minutes and then bury it i think they probably want to avoid having their child do something so ruthlessly violent because yeah. that respect, is <laughs> i found that but like <laughs> i i don't that's, I think that's the weird thing, and I definitely think I'm weird for this, but I, I can't really see where. Mm-hmm. It's weird, I guess, because like I have a dog now, and he's pretty much on his last leg. Like he, yeah. He's like 13, 12 or 13. He fails to jump on the bed sometimes, and it's like he's declining. Yeah. And I've thought about that. I'm like, I think when he goes, I'm, I'm going to put him down. Yeah. And that that's something that... You, like if you owned a ranch yeah and you had a dog that that's what you or do. a horse that yeah. like broke his leg or something you put it down it's not yeah. fun it's no not, but it's like the whole idea for me at least of being a man is you have one foot in society and one foot in wilderness yeah and you have to go places where other people are not willing to go and you have to do things that maybe you don't want to do but need to be done or should be done. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, me, it's the necessary. It's it's what you have to do. Yeah, and and to me, like I think I was like thirteen when they had to put that dog down, and mm-hmm. I was like, what? It just makes more sense. Yeah, the dog knows me. I was literally in the car when we yeah. brought it home from when we got it. Like, uh, that doesn't make any sense to me why you take it and pay to have a dog. Like your, your yeah, dog it's just, it's another, it's like, you know, dissociating from reality again, you know, yeah. it's just like not wanting to be connected to the, uh, the icky parts of life, you yeah. know, and, and those it, icky parts of life. And that's where I'm talking about, like the demasculinization of like our society is like men aren't being taught to be men. And I, I see what you're saying there. I, I don't know if I would want to shoot my dog in the back of the head. I mean, I don't want want to either. I love my dog. Yeah, that's my fucking dude. Well, no, I'm not saying but you like, want to. I don't know. I I see, and that's just hard. It's hard. That's because like might it makes be sense. illegal to do that. That's what I was thinking too. But but at the same time, who who the fuck knows? How are they gonna know? Yeah. Like, why why would it be illegal for me to like take my dog to the mountains? Like, yeah. Say I lived in the mountains, and or like say I lived in like Boulder. Yeah. And I my dog was like dying. Dying what is so bad about me walking that dog deep into the woods in the mountains, giving him some treats, hanging out with him. Yeah. And then when he didn't expect it, put one in the back of his head and then (laughs) old yeller and, and bury him. 
and like yeah. have like a little ceremony there. Yeah. Like I can guarantee you, I'm gonna cry. <sighs> That's I a guarantee really... you, it's it's gonna stay with me forever. Yeah. I, but I don't see what's so wrong about that, because like it's not like it's hatred and a like a fucking hate crime or anything. Like. Yeah. I I can say I love that dog more than mm. anybody else that lives. Yeah. I can firmly say that. Yeah, and I get it, the, what you're saying is there really conceptually there's no difference between doing that and then taking it to a vet where they give them an IV and inject um a, an overdose of a lethal medication. Is that how they do it? Yeah, they just give them a euthanasia medication. That, that like doesn't make any sense to me because like my dog hates the vet. Yeah. You know how fucking stressed out he would be yeah. in the last hours of his life? My dog always felt fine at the vet, but, yeah. No, Frank, will f- Frank fucking starts shaking as soon as we pull into the parking lot, dude. Yeah, that's sad. Yeah, I mean, why you know. Would, like, why would that be? Make it a good shot. Make that shot count. Yeah. I'll support you. Fucking pop that motherfucker. Just, <laughs> my, there's no way my girl's going to be okay with that, but I'm going to have yeah, to have the same I mean, conversation. It's just like, there's all these things mm-hmm. that I notice as I'm becoming a grown man yeah. and like the head of a household where there's things that, you don't want to do, but are the best thing to do. Yeah. You know, like my girl wakes me up. If there's a fucking spider in our room at three mm-hmm. in the morning, she'll wake yeah. me up. I don't want to fucking kill a spider. No. I don't like spiders. Yeah, I get it. Spiders are quick and scary, dude, yeah. but I do it. Yeah. So that's my fucking, yeah, that's, that's my that's function. Your role. That's yeah, your role. role. You are the protector. You do, you do the things you don't want to have to yeah, do. I'm scared of spiders, dude. They're fucking terrifying, <laughs> man. But right? it's like, that. that's like, and and a lot of those things yeah. are not okay to the like mass status quo society, yeah. which is extremely weird. To well, me. that's why you got to engage in difficult, difficult hobbies, difficult things. Like Hell yeah, man. Bone apple teeth. I'll take one too. Uh, you you got to do things that you don't want to do because that's the only way that you get anything that you actually want. Otherwise, you're going to just like, you're going to comfort yourself to death. You know, yeah. and you're going to be sad and in pain and not understand why you have to you have to do shit that you don't want to do. Like discomfort yeah. is how you become comfortable. Yeah. Like comfort is a seeking a life of comfort is a slow, uncomfortable yeah. death. Yeah, it, it, it is. It's it's um, it's it's you want to seek pain, not comfort. And, and I've always had this thing of like life is going to give you challenges and Mm -hmm. there's going to be really shitty things that happen and you're going to go through things that suck like that's guaranteed everybody's going to have like moments like that but you can choose you can take power and you can choose to do shitty things voluntarily like going on that five mile run working out hard like i am voluntarily going to the gym and busting my ass because it's difficult so I get to like, you know, just like a little power thing. Like I get to choose this suffering. Like it's yeah. suffering that you choose. And there's this like, there's this like concept of instant gratification yeah. and long-term gratification. Eating a Big Mac is amazing. Bullshit. Fuck a Big Mac. Fuck that, dude. I'll, I'll pound a Big Mac right yeah, now. There's when it, so many better burgers than a Big Mac. But, but a, a Big Mac is, in a vacuum, a delicious yeah. burger. There are, like, I've had... I, delicious? I, I, I could name 200 better burgers yes. than... Than, but than a Big Mac. For the sake of this... Yes, uh, I, I know what you're saying. I'm for just the sake of this, with you. Eating a Big Mac yeah. is awesome. Mm-hmm. Ten minutes later, when you have to shit your brains out, yeah. it's horrible. Yeah. Eating, I can say from experience... Eating a deer burger, yeah, tastes amazing, and is amazing later. 
Yeah, you yeah, feel there's good. No, there's yeah. no like, and but to get a deer burger, you got to put in a lot of fucking work. Yeah. It's not like, uh, I mean, I guess you go to fucking Whole Foods and buy like a venison yeah. pack or whatever. That's yeah. probably not even venison, yeah. but yeah. like super into it. Some weird farm deer. If you put energy into hunting mm-hmm. all fall long and yep. you happen to get animals, yeah, that feeds you so much better than everything else. Yeah. And if you look into the neuroscience of short term gratification versus um, like delayed gratification, you're fucking yourself. So like if you're only about like those short term bursts of gratification, what you're about is this little bit hits of dopamine. Mm-hmm. And when you get a bit, when you get a hit of dopamine after it wears off, you actually go below your baseline level of dopamine. So you have less dopamine in your system. You feel worse than you did before. Mm-hmm. And that's why a lot of people will reach for another thing, like swipe again on TikTok or whatever it is. And so what it, what you need to do is figure out a way to like regulate your dopamine system and not constantly be seeking hits of dopamine Those because you're spikes. yeah you're fucking yourself up like mm-hmm. and it's it's not something that is just like a theory it's literally objective like they they neuroscientists can objectively prove that when you give yourself hits of dopamine with like a shitty burger or whatever it is you you're making it so in the long run you're less happy it's like cigarettes they relieve your anxiety in the moment they feel real good it's a nice buzz but overall they raise your baseline level of anxiety like markedly like a lot Mm -hmm. interesting is that the same for does long-term gratification hit differently on dopamine levels I'm not really sh- it, it has to because be interested it, in that. because it's more like a steady release and without huge spikes and large dips. Yeah, and and you're also exerting more energy yeah. to get that dopamine, which which I th- find is really interesting cuz like if um I've done a handful of like endurance events mm-hmm. um and or like endurance trips and Along the course of them, I can eat whatever I want. Yeah. Like I did a cycling trip when I was younger where um, I could literally eat a whole pizza, mm-hmm. a two liter of soda, and drink a pint of whiskey, wake up at five, ride 100 miles. Yeah. Not, f- I'd have to take like a massive shit, but I wouldn't have a hangover. <laughs> I wouldn't, yeah. like, my skin wouldn't get fucked up. My mm-hmm. uh, bowels wouldn't get fucked up. It would just be like the one dump and yeah. good. And I'd be fine. And it was, it was just fuel because yeah. I was exerting so much energy. Mm-hmm. But like often with these short spikes, you don't have to do anything to get them. Nothing. You literally, yeah. what do you drive five minutes to? A, you don't even have to do that anymore. You can Postmates a fucking burger to your house yeah. and walk to the door mm-hmm. and they drop it off at your door. You don't even have to say hi to the fucking person because mm-hmm. COVID has contactless fucking delivery. Yeah. You don't have to talk to anybody. You bring it back in your house, sit your fat ass down and eat mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And scroll on your fucking Instagram. Yeah, and and you keep doing it because that becomes your only source of dopamine. And you can't get yourself out of the the rut and, like, actually invest in that long-term, like, gratification. Yeah. You just just fall into a hole. I'm trying to, like, re-evaluate my life or, uh, like, reset my life in in that regard. Because I remember when I was a young single man, I had so much fucking time on my hands Mm -hmm. i have so little time on my hands now 
that I'm waking up 15 minutes earlier just so I can breathe for five minutes. Like yeah. that is how little time I have on my hands. But when I was a younger man, I uh, would do all sorts of long-term gratification things. Like I was an apprentice at a theater and I easily worked anywhere from 70 to 100 hours every week. Wow. And I had a fucking key to the gym because I also worked there a couple hours a week so I could go at five in the morning. So say mm -hmm. if I worked nine to midnight, I'd be in the gym at 5 a.m. Like just because I fucking could and I knew that yeah. it was good for me yeah. down the road. Yeah. I would do stuff like that. And I, yeah. I purposely removed all instant gratification in my life. Like I, I, I didn't drink. I didn't smoke. I didn't even celebrate New Year's. Like mm. I had people over my house. My roommates had people over the New Year's of this year. I'm like, oh, hang out with us. I was like, no, I'm going to go read and go to yeah. sleep. And it's Hell like yeah. 8, 8 p.m. or some shit. Love it. So it's like I'm trying to get, not get back to that like maniacal energy, but. Well, um, yeah, the 70 to 100 hours a week is pretty insane. Yeah. But I mean, hey, man. But getting to that like um, long-term gratification mindset of like, uh, you know, it, it's extremely draining to wake up to a kid screaming on a monitor, mm -hmm. go get him pour your coffee, fucking start your work, like clock in for work, go walk the dog, come back. Like by the time I've done all that, it's already been an hour of my day. Yeah. And then he goes to sleep at like 7.30. Yeah. So by time 7.30 rolls around, I'm exhausted You're and dead. his mom's exhausted. But there are things around our house that we have to do mm -hmm. or things with each other that we have to do or things by ourselves that we have to do that set us up for later. Yeah. And it's so easy to be like, I'm not going to do that right now. Yeah. But if you can just grab that fucking shitty thought and throw mm -hmm. it out of the way, oh, I'm yep. going to do that now and then do this. And then because and you can, have to, yeah, because yeah. you have to, and it, it's better for you down the road. I'm trying to like really reset my life in, in that direction. Yeah. Well, that's really good, man. Kudos. It's not easy. It's not, it's like in, it's fun to talk about. It's, it's uh, inspiring, but it, it, in practice, the monotony and the, the, the fatigue of doing that, it, it's, it's tough. I'm, I'm completely sober right now. I'm, I'm indefinitely sober, like not doing anything just as a, an attempt to get my body and my mindset in a, in perfect working order. Like mm -hmm. I want, I want, like I said, I want to be awake without needing other shit. Like I want to, I want to feel good every day without needing something else to like zap me in one direction or another, right. you know? And, you know, currently I, I got, I got, I'm not perfect with it. I watch too much YouTube videos, <laughs> um, but you know, it's, it's a, that's like one of the beautiful things about life. You know, you grow, you get better and, uh, you learn. And if you, you know, I'm being, I'm learning lessons and I'm trying to implement them. You know, if you, if you learn something, but don't implement it, then, you know, what, what are you doing? Yeah. That's a good point. You, you also made me think of something else, like how far, I'm not sober, um, yeah. but I, I know like a lot of people who are, and I've worked like a separate program before. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if you're going to like AA or anything, no. but um, an interesting thought is how far can you take sobriety? Mm -hmm. Can you be sober of YouTube? Can you be so sober of social media? Can you literally have a day like sober of coffee? Mm -hmm. oh, I don't drink any caffeine. Um, I would like to get to that. I fucking pound it's caffeine. easy. Um, after the first like three days I could, I mean, I've done like, I quit Vicodin cold Turkey. I can yeah. quit fucking anything cold Turkey. It's just like, uh, caffeine's tricky, man. It's so normal. It's I, a fickle I, bitch, dude. Yeah. Um, but it's like, can you get as like, 
as close to a baby's day as mm-hmm. possible. Well, yeah, and that's kind of like what I've been thinking is like I want to like when I was a kid, I felt great. Mm-hmm. You know, when I was 12 years old, I didn't do shit. I didn't drink caffeine. I didn't smoke weed. I didn't drink alcohol. I was yeah. just pure. And uh, I was in the moment and present, you know, like as you like as a kid, if you're in a decent environment, you don't really have a choice. You're just present. That's what it is. And that's try- kind of what I'm trying to get back to. Mm. That's really interesting, dude. I want to talk to you in a month about that, just like of your findings and like uh, mm-hmm. how how that's going. Because like I, I've done similar things in my life. I'm not like in one of those mm-hmm. swings at the moment. Or yeah. Maybe I will be after this conversation. Who but, knows? I just know some people that are really, really good examples that are like living my dream life and they've given like little tips and I'm trying to abide by those, you know, who are these people? Um, just uh, family members, Mm. family friends that are very successful and have, you know, you know, the wisdom of many years behind their belt and Mm -hmm. I'm looking to be more like them, you know, how old are you? Uh, 27, 27. be 28. Next month. 28's a good year. Ah, yeah. Cool. 27's cool, too. Yeah. It was a good year to me. I I feel like every year after, every year gets better. As a man, that's kind of the deal. Yeah, we're fine. We get better. Suck it, bitches. Hell yeah. (laughs) My stock's going up. (laughs) Yeah, that's, yeah, I want to pick your brain on that after you like uh spend some time yeah because i'm like i haven't this year i i drank um i spent all of from january like uh the end of january all the way through august no drinking well um and then i went to a wedding and a bachelor party and i drank um then came back and i had like a glass of wine once and um then I, I haven't drank since then. Um, but I'd smoke weed here and there. That was like my one thing that I did. And I Is that the smoked. hardest one for you, weed? The hardest to quit? Yeah, or maybe not even the hardest to quit, but like, uh, is there any thing that you do that kind of like pops into your mind more often than anything else? Anything um, that you want to cut out? Oh, like any substance? Substance or behavior? Behavior. Porn was a big one. Porn's a big one for most um, people. That one, that one's weird because it's like, I would um, spend periods of time where I'd be like, I'm not looking at porn anymore. Like I can tell, like, like I know that it fucks with my head in a way that it that I don't like. It's negative for me. It it changes my personality. Like I wasn't like fucking crazy or anything, but like just like watching it like a couple times a week. I'm like I mm-hmm. know kn- I could tell like women, like my interaction with women was different. Um, but like I would go, you know, a month, a couple weeks here and there and I'd end up looking at porn again. And I'm like, man, that's just bizarre. You know, that you, that I, like I say, I want to get rid of it, but then I don't hop, fully, hop you know, back into it. Yeah. yeah. So that was one, um, totally eliminated now. Um, that was a good one too. Cause like, I just feel like, I don't know. I feel good. Mm. Yeah. Um, I've, I've cut that one out before or like, uh. I cut that out, um, mm-hmm. and I, I experienced the same thing. It's yeah, like much more pure. Yeah, it's like bro, and and then I think like, dude, fucking, there's too much of it. Like, mm-hmm. 
it's everywhere and there's so much and it's so accessible like back in the day you had a playboy magazine you looked at the same magazine if you were a pervert you had a couple more, you had like five yeah, my uncle had like 80 fucking <laughs> your uncle was a pervert <laughs> but there's know. also something to be said about uh like the uh, the woke people will say yeah. like self self-pleasure practice but there, yeah. there's something to be said about using your own imagination to jack off yeah or just pff, i haven't Memories. been i haven't been jacking off that's no fab one. dude no, no, fa- no fab november well me and my girlfriend we 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 have sex so that's great sorry mom <laughs> um but He's like sorry yeah no, but like no masturbation or anything just because of like the dopamine it's like honestly like well, if I'm not looking at porn, like I don't t- like think to jerk off um, mm. very much. Well, there's like a aside from the dopamine hit of it, um, there is the idea or concept of um, connecting to yourself, yeah, and understanding like uh, what gets you off mm-hmm. naturally, yeah, and like trying to uh, tie yourself back. One of my friends is a uh, like a I wouldn't say sex coach, but she leads like um That's an interesting title. I'm a sex coach. Yeah, I teach people whistle. how to fuck. get to it. <laughs> you want a boner, dude? Um but uh I've seen her post about stuff like that and just like um Aubrey Marcus did a really good podcast with uh this couple, Azria and fucking I forget her Azria. Yeah. <laughs> they actually like for name for name like that, she's actually like super super chill. Yeah. Um, I forget what the dude's name was, obviously. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, she uh she was talking about that of like using your imagination and like uh kind of tying back into like as you're jacking off. Um, and they didn't say jacking off, yeah. but as you're um, beating your meat. Yeah. As you're fucking <laughs> choking. Ch- choking your chicken. Yeah, fucking um, choking the one-eyed snake. <laughs> uh, as you're beating off, um, t- trying to draw that energy into your heart. Yeah, which is like a, a tantra adjacent practice mm-hmm. or directly uh, tantric practice, um, which is really interesting to me. Like, uh, I had sex last night and it was fucking awesome, and, and kind of did that. Like, yeah, s- obviously it starts in your cock, but then like allow it to sort of like flow flow through your whole body, and then not in your mind, mm-hmm. like go into your body. Yeah, I think that's super valuable, and I think um, like just connecting with your partner and like being with them and putting all of that energy that you have, like and sharing that with them is Mm -hmm. really valuable to like keeping your connection like strong. Yeah. And I I think to go to the the porn thing, porn is really detrimental because like I remember being in college and like getting head from somebody and like fantasizing about like, a, a porn scenario yeah. or something. It's like wow. somebody literally sucking my dick. Yeah. <laughs> or just like, I'm not even, I'm like not present. Yeah. It, I just noticed like if I was watching porn, I wasn't getting laid. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I'm just like not connecting with women. Uh, my, if I'm watching porn and I'm in a relationship, like or in this relationship, like it doesn't like our connection just isn't right. Like yeah. it's not real. It's, it's just like, or there's something like that just like makes it less special, you know? Yeah, because there's, like, these added uh, sort of expectations or desires that aren't really yours. Yeah, or like, the dopamine release is different. You yeah, know? yeah, 
Because, like, you're getting dopamine both ways, but one is different. Like, the dopamine hit you get from, like, watching porn and jerking off to that is different than the dopamine of, like, you know, connecting with somebody and making love with them. Yeah, and, like, uh, even the, like, romantic, erotic, sensual porn is not realistic. No, and it's just, like... It, why are you watching other people fuck? <laughs> yeah, that's a good. Dude, that, yeah. That's a bit you should make. Uh, why are you watching other people fuck? Uh, that's how. That's a big part of it. I stopped watching like m- normal, like ma- male female porn. Um, that was the beginning of my porn free journey. And it's because I'm like I'm tired of watching dudes fuck. Just wanted chicks. Yeah, like it's a little gay, man. <laughs> <laughs> and then you swung to just dudes. Yeah. <laughs> That's the ultimate not gay. Dude. I don't watch porn, dude. I just watch I'm so guys st- jack each other up. Yeah, I'm so straight. I watch dudes fuck. Yeah. Well, shit. On that note, I think um, I think we're good. We 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 cool. just passed two hours. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's the note. <laughs> dicks, dicks, dicks. We're dicks. done, guys. We fuck dudes, man. That's yeah. all. That's all Are any of you as straight as us? Yeah. Doubt it. Psh, no. We're so straight. <laughs> we fuck each other. That's what people from Michigan do. Yeah. F- fuck you guys. All right. Well, <laughs> thank you, Kyle. Me, uh, where, can, uh, where can people find you? Um, well, I'd like to recant my previous fuck you guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, only one place, uh, at the Kyle Kelly show on Instagram. Um, basically just pictures of my kid. Hell yeah. Um, and sometimes probably post about this and then post about comedy. Very cool. Well, um, looking forward. You're welcome back anytime. We'll do this again, man. I'd love to do it. Thank you. Hell yeah. <laughs> I can't wait to go fishing, dad. We're not here to go fishing. Yes, everything seems to be under control, sir. Are the children having fun? It appears so, yes. Good. Bring in the thunder. Stop right there. That's right. You come to the crow factory, eh? You here to pick out a new crow? Yeah, man, I love crows. Totally. Hmm. Well, that's good. Follow me. And the two who went off to find the last crow 
here. I need you to hold the lantern for me. Right, right. I have to open this door with two hands. <laughs> it's a really heavy door. <laughs> All right, we're in. Righteous, dude. All right, now just step carefully and follow me. Wow. So many crows, man. I love crows, dude. Oh, I love crows. Love crows. Love crows. I'm a crow. Another to the crow factory. I love you, crows. I told you, goddammit, Domingo. Put the oh. shoes on. Si no comprende mi Well, you'll comprende my boot in your ass if you don't get these horses shoot up. Yes, mister. All right, then. Huh. Somebody find Billy. I need something to fuck. for taking me fishing. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, of course. Anytime, little sport. <sighs> We're gonna burn the witch? I heard we have some witches in the house. Let's burn them. Let's burn them. They're Get them filthy cunts. Get your brooms, whores. So many different people to see, 
And when I look in my window So many different people to be That is strange Sure is strange You've got to pick up every stitch You've got to pick up every stitch Yeah You've got to pick up every stitch Whoa, no Must be the season of the witch, yeah Must be the season of the witch, yeah Must be the season of the Whoa, no. 